Welcome to Sexy Time, where we answer your questions about sex, relationships, and everything sexy in between. Don't forget, you can send your burning questions by voice or email to sexytimedlove at gmail.com. That's sexytime, D-L-O-V-E, at gmail.com. Anonymous questions are welcome. Thanks for hooking up with us today. Now, let's cozy up and join our hosts, Alice and B.K. Johnson. Oh, special sexy thank you to our mistress of ceremonies and special sexy thank you to our first guest here on the podcast, Gilly P. That's G-L. If you want to go support him, <laughs> the, the link will be in the show notes below. It's He's on twitch.tv forward slash G-I-L-L-Y underscore P-E-E. But if you want to get the link to that, go check that out. Hey, Gil. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Well, in a minute, uh, the, the title of this is called Hollywood, Modern Day Sodom and Gomorrah. So we'll be talking a lot about that. Gilly P has had some uh, experience living in Hollywood. So we're going to talk about his experience doing that. And uh, But before we get started, we want to give a special shout out. Thank you to our Patreons. Uh, and uh, we have two who have purchased the shout out tier. Monster J and It's Koala. Thank you so much for being our sexy Patreons. And if you want to check that out, you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash sexy time podcast. But if you don't have the ability to uh, support us through Patreon, make sure you come to our YouTube because we live stream this here on YouTube. And it's just youtube.com forward slash sexy time podcast. So please uh, hang out and lurk and check this live too. And at least click that subscribe. It is free to subscribe and like our videos. So yeah, uh, Gil. We've got a lovely okay. poll. Let's, let's first warm up by just talking about the poll, because we do this live. We asked today, how often do you right. watch porn? Before you jump into that. Oh, sure. I got in the mood when I heard this incredibly sexy voiceover at the start. <laughs> and I think I, might knew, I, I think I might have dated that person in the past. I don't know who they are. What? But I think maybe, maybe there could be a connection here. Maybe there's a love connection. I don't know. But all I can say is I was like, ooh, ooh, what's that about? Ooh. For all of you are curious, I would have never met Gilly P if it wasn't for Alice, our lovely co-host. She's still out doing her sexy boot camp, but she will be back next week. Next week for sure, we are doing our, she will be back for that. So make sure you don't miss that on the 21st, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Uh, the little Eastern. rabbit. The for, little rabbit. The little rabbit. <laughs> and yeah, so, and it's, it's not, it's not Alice doing that voice. And for those of you who know, I may may or may not be related to the Mistress of Ceremonies. So, <laughs> oh, so Gil, God. I don't Gil, know that. Oh, Gil is, uh, yeah. It's BK. Do you use that voice changer I used to use? Is that what's going on? <laughs> How dare you? Oh, man. You're always trying to make those moves, man. It's like, you we, know, we never dated. The sexy time. We never dated. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Although, maybe we have. I don't know. We did. I don't know. You're watching the live stream. Uh, you get to see. Oof. He sent me Oof. gifts. He, he's given me my first lightsaber. <laughs> which functions I, as a dildo of power i know that we're uh we're on youtube and it's 21 plus but there's so many dirty things i could say to you right now and i'm not trying to do it i'm gonna i'm just gonna hold back no let but loose it's okay nah, people are gonna love okay. seeing you make me uncomfortable so go ahead you've already <laughs> did it once dating dating the mistress of ceremony sure why not we're, we're all happily married now maybe so okay. i don't know who the person is i don't, don't put words in my mouth we're all happily married uh, i know you did you weren't sure but i had to anyway so um yeah we're ready to go so awesome before we started it was interesting 
You were talking. Let's get to the poll. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we're gonna do the poll. Oh, we were gonna do the poll. You're right. Thank you. I, you I'm you, sorry. You wiped my mind I'm with s- the Mr. Service ceremonies. Oh, Here's a, the poll. It, that's okay. How often do you watch porn? Let's just chat about that first as an icebreaker here. Um, the four options are as seldom as possible, one to three times a week, four to six times a week, or every day I possibly can. Right now we're holding strong <laughs> at 62% as seldom as possible. You guys must have a girlfriend cool, or a person here or a wife or a husband. Awesome. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't I don't kink shame or libido shame because we've met many people with low libidos that get together and, and everything. Uh, and then uh, 12% for everything else. So f- about half, half, half of half people are as seldom as possible. And the other half go into either one to three times, four to six times or every day they can spread out evenly right now we'll check again at the end of the show to see where it's moved should have had an options going as much as much as possible you know barring chafing that's why you didn't pick it that's why you didn't pick it i'm guessing because you're saying yeah i can read between the lines i was actually like, we were talking before we started though that like for me i jumped back from the extremes right now it's as seldom as possible because i'm like oh, again i was like joking saying ah it must be if that's so high it must be because They've got either some their, their significant other is here <laughs> watching with them right next to them or their husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever. And uh, yeah, they, they, they put their sexual energies into that, which is very healthy. I think that's very healthy. Sure, sure. And, I, and just linked to that, I don't know about you, but I think porn has changed over the years. I mean, it's oh, recently, yeah. if I partake, I'm interested in the old school stuff that has a story and a, and a relevance as to why, you know, this is going on, as opposed to kind of nowadays, and I'm not an expert at this at all, but what you come across are these kind of really intense kind of, you know, coupling acts or you know, people just, just going for it. But I'm like, why? What? What? They have a story. Purpose. Oh, yeah, let me, let me hear from, obviously you haven't been partaking that as much. In I'm the sorry. present day, not okay. I'm just kidding. You can say whatever you want, but uh, but it was a. <laughs> it was I'm my sorry. Joke. There's only so much chat about that I can <laughs> do. Yeah. Oh, you do the real thing. This is this is where. See, like that. What you're talking about right there is why Chatterbait OnlyFans are blowing up is because of that problem. But logistically, it makes sense because to me, to be honest, it's always a joke that you know they they're not as good as the story stuff. So they basically, they still have a story. They just condense it into like, hey, I'm the pizza guy. That's why they start joking about that, right? Like pizza guy, milkman, or whatever the hell it is. And the old, you know, and it's here's like all- Here's your pepperoni pizza. Yeah, here's they, your pizza and here's your pepperoni. They're not yeah, good at writing is. stories. They're not good at acting. They're good at fucking. So. <laughs> here's the interesting thing. So interesting they just go straight to it. The thing they're good at, you know? And and I'll just preface it that, that my background before live streaming and all the stuff that I did now was, I love cinema, all forms of cinema bar one. I refuse to watch anything that's snuff or real death on, on screen. That's the one thing I, I don't, uh, I'm not interested in. And there was a time where I going through different genres and categories and learning as much as I could because I was in the industry. I went on a very deep dive about porn, especially in the 60s where, mm. you know, and, and early 70s where mainstream pornography in America was suddenly mainstream. It was totally mainstream. Like you go to a cinema, it, there was no shame in it. Uh, um, Johnny Car, uh, yeah, Johnny Carson, John Carson, Johnny, Johnny Carson, late night yep. with John yep, Carson, yeah. Carson yep. actually went on his on on his late night TV show and said he went and saw Deep Throat and and loved oh, it. I remember that. And people went like legitimate household kind of you know cup, you know, I guess you know nice a bunch white, of them, yeah, religious. Uh, you know, husbands and wives were going and partaking in, in this, which was always this really seedy thing. 
And at that time, it was, you know, there were, you know, scenes of, of you know, pornography scenes as we know it, but okay. it was in the context of some sort of, you know, cinematic narrative, film narrative. And some of those performers actually crossed over very, very early on where, and I'm thinking about Marilyn Chambers, uh, who made her name, I believe it was, it was, oh gosh, I can't even remember the wow. film film, but I do know that she ended up becoming the lead actress in a David Cronenberg film called Rabbit. And that was a, a crossover from her doing, you know, hardcore pornography, then into yeah, yeah, yeah. the Hollywood system. And then Speaking she went Alice, backwards after that. Too, Rabbit, so. baby. Good name. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. No, that's a, a rabbit. It, it's it's an amazing horror. Well, wait, how if long? Like okay, so now if you, if you couldn't tell, that's why he had to say, "Wait, is it Johnny Carson or John Carson?" You're you're Australian. You're in I'm Australia. An and yeah, uh, how many years you were you in Hollywood? Uh, I just did uh, just over ten. Ten, 10 years. years, yeah. And I know you were again. You were there. You were there specifically for that, right? For you went to school for film and everything. Is that what you're? So. I was lucky enough to win a scholarship to UCLA and uh, study there, which was uh, very interesting, especially with what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Um, and uh, I actually went over as an exchange student and then won a scholarship afterwards to continue and ended up with a master's uh, in cinematography of all things. So I was one of the guys behind the camera, setting up all the lights, doing all those sort of shots right at the cusp of the new digital technology that cinematography was out the door because anyone could buy just a camera and fix it all up on the computer afterwards. Um, but it was, you know, some of the things that I experienced was a real eye opener, um, especially when it came to the way Hollywood operates, as well as the fact that Hollywood, like mainstream Hollywood, will never get a tax break from the American government because right alongside what is mainstream Hollywood, is the pornography industry and they go we're filmmakers too so if you give them a tax break you're gonna oh i see and that's a I very see. highly oh that's interesting you know, contentious kind of point oh no uh, i think that's the government the government that supports the hollywood industry has to also uh support, support the, porn the pornography stuff and there are people uh especially the you know the religious masses who would that would be a, an instant kickback to whoever I think to me that. I think I think the the that thing the religious masses Ooh. I think are an excuse in my opinion where it's like all the it's it's kind of like the porn thing like online porn or like not even just online porn online things in general it's so difficult to monitor that yeah, it's not really absolutely. worth it for them even though the government will take it for the money obviously and the support from that and whatever they get a kickback from the industry but there's many other industries that are way easier to regulate than that itself because of the amount of abuse that can get i mean they, even in hollywood obviously it's happening with the the casting couch and all this other stuff right so it's kind of like basically they're already they can't regulate that stuff but they'll take that money there but the porn stuff it's like it's too obvious that it's going to be too difficult to regulate because trying to control Control anyone's sexuality is a bad idea uh you know like you have to try to do it in a different way other than this the rock hard control um but but that's my thought on that uh what so now again it's titled uh hollywood the modern day sodom and gomorrah um what are your first you know first reasoning behind that idea or, or like or is there a story or something that you would say about like okay what are your thoughts on that because that's what we're titling this thing. Sure, no problems. Um, so, it's my understanding, at least leaving uh, leaving Hollywood uh, after so many years, pretty much everything is up for sale. 
everything. And one of the things that really struck me, and it took me a bit of time, because even though, I mean, look, I, I'm, a, I'm from Australia, I'm the other side of the planet. You, the only thing that I knew was what the industry was feeding us. So, you know, you go and see actors talking about a new movie coming out and every, everyone's like, oh, it was wonderful, it was lovely, it's all the rest. That's the show in business. There's a show, there's a business. Um, and I was really surprised literally at the way sexuality was sold almost as a, as a currency in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not talking about any of the CD stuff or anything that's been discussed, you know, in the last couple of years, like mm. Pizzagate and all the rest of it. I don't know any about that sort of stuff, but just being around, being a crew member, being around actors and actresses, producers, directors, uh, especially if you're making a film, it's such an intense experience for such a short period of time that naturally uh, people would end up coupling up or they would end up kind of, you know, working different angles to get the next job. And that was something that that I was I was incredibly surprised about, but then really learned quickly that that was just part and parcel of uh, of how business was done. It's interesting, though, because when you think of sex as a currency, I like the way you said that, because I think that it kind of is a currency in any form like not even just outside of hollywood you know what i mean like that kind of becomes that like not even maybe currency i guess it's just too it's like they take it to the extreme right where it's like there's right. always going to be some sexual currency i think right as humans yeah and it takes totally different forms and uh you know i mean the, everyone kind of talks about the casting couch honestly yeah. i never experienced that myself uh on either side of it uh <laughs> But I, you know, I would run into these situations that when I thought about them afterwards, when, oh my gosh, there was an opportunity or, oh, that was what was going on. But at the time, I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't like, I didn't have my radar on to be like, oh, this is what's going on that's going on. And specifically, I remember a time I, I had come to the US after doing quite a lot of work uh, uh, on a certain uh, on a specific genre and was lucky enough to to get an introduction to some people who were working on a on a really popular tv show at the time and the day that i was allowed to go and interview some of these people um, the the tv show was so highly rated that you had to go to the executive producer to get permission to go onto the set mm. so i believe that year myself and the president of a uh of a cable channel called e entertainment were the only two people who were allowed on and i was like wow that's pretty good i'm doing okay if i'm coming all the way from australia and getting access to this and i remember um because i california is very very laid back so a lot of people just go to work in like you know hawaiian shirts and shorts and it's summer all the time and just the way i understood things and the way i was brought up i went in a suit because that's a, a way of showing my respect and and not being casual about it. What I didn't realize was that this production house that I was going to, there were like six guys who always wore suits. And these mm -hmm. were the were the guys who were known to either make or break your careers. Uh, like if you did the wrong thing in front of them, you were out and that was it. Or if they liked you, right up, you know, you went, uh, you got more opportunities. And so I went, I did my interview and then was able to go on set. And there was an actress there who was saying line, her lines on a close up and, and just flubbing it just making just going over and over again and just wasn't nailing it and then she came off and i was standing to the side i was like you know when you're a guest of these things you're not you don't say anything time is money yeah and i was just really interested to just absorb as much as i could especially since i had done something similar so you know i was i wanted to see what the professionals were doing and this actress comes up stands next to me and then turns to me and she's like i'm fucking this up aren't i 
And I'm like, no, no, you're not. And she's like, yeah, but I'm not nailing it. And I'm like, you know, go do it. You know, I'm giving her advice. Like, who am I to give her advice? But literally, we're having this conversation. She just went on and then she kind of nailed it. I uh, stayed there for another hour, an hour and a half. And then I had to go and meet some other people. So as I'm leaving and I've left the, the soundstage, I'm, I'm walking to where my car is. And this actress runs up to me. And I'm like, she's like, oh, uh, you're leaving now? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, this is my number. Please give me a call. I'm like, what? Okay. I'm like, she gives me a number. I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, and then what was really interesting was I got a phone call from the publicity department, which is how I got the opportunity to have an interview. And they said, what, what happened last night? And I said, what are you talking about? And she goes, why did you disrupt the shoot? Hmm. You should say you're went, trying not to, but go ahead. Yeah. What, what? Yeah. And I was like, what? what, what did someone say? And she said, the act, the actress ran off mid take, mind you, mid take, meaning she was in the middle of a shoot, ran off. I didn't know any of this came after me to give me a number. And I told them that, and the person, the publicity person started laughing. And I said, what's so funny? I, the last thing I would do was try, like, mm -hmm. you, it took quite a bit of time to get this opportunity. The last thing I want to do is burn a, a relationship that way, yeah. especially since I wanted to work on this program yeah, yeah, and yeah. actually luckily was able to. Um, and, uh, and she's like, oh, she, she was, she was playing the game. Meaning she thought that I was one of these six guys yeah. that if she was going and uh, to, to kind of, you know, cozy up to me, I would be able to be good for her, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. her relationship. Thankfully, that was all. So understood. she was angry, not the execs. The, the, the production was. The production. The, the producer was. was. The director had reported to the main producer. Because she was they now complaining to... about this. Because no, of no, that. No, no. Or did they really no, want. What? They wanted to bet her, is what you're saying. They already knew that. Or is that what you're saying? Wait. Uh, let me pull it back and explain what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Where everything, everything that you put together on a film doesn't mean anything until you can get it on camera. Meaning you've got the. the uh, yeah. You've got the scene shot so that you can create the last, uh, you can create a product that you can sell. So everything is, is, is negotiable except for when you're in front of the camera. So okay. what I understood happened was she was in the middle of a scene. They were shooting, everything was set up. The director was, I think she saw me leave and then said, oh, I gotta go do something. Ran off holding up the production. Oh. And so that wait, wait, this the wasn't director. an audition. This was an actual scene. This was the this was a TV show. Gotcha. Okay. 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 I gotcha. Right. They were, and it was late at night, which means they were over, meaning they were paying people more because I was, see. I see. So they're angry you know, at that. Eight, nine not, not at the night. fact that like okay, okay. Not that she's not that she's angry. It's the fact that they were losing money right. for that wasted film. Hundred percent. And wasted time so, because of something so, that you didn't. Yeah. No. I didn't. And do you were anything. supposed to leave though. Anyway, you were supposed to leave, right? Like. I was leaving to actually go to to a meeting that I had to. Yeah, you to, had to go to. I, actually, yeah, yeah. I remember I was going to the. It was the visual effects bake off, and she at just the happened Academy. to notice you, and that's what that's. The, so the, she the, saw me leave. Next thing I know, you know, thirty seconds later, she's run after me. Okay. And then, um, and then what's happened is the next day, in the in the production report, so she, they reported that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, what had yeah, happened. What happened? And then they, they all blame you. Realizing I see, I see. that I was there as wait, a wait. guest, so called me up. The thing here that I'm seeing is like, yeah. it's like, okay, cause I was, I was trying to brainstorm of what could be the issue on a lot of things like mm -hmm. here, right? Cause again, well, first off, what are your thoughts on like prostitution? Where it's Mine? like, it's above board, you know, like if both people know what they're doing. Uh, I, it, yeah, that's a good question. I, I've never really, 
no judgment. I mean, you know, I think there are great know, yeah, opportunities We're all very sex positive and relationship yeah. positive. If it's like consensual, that's why we talk about consent being key. It's like that's too consensual thing. That's like a – and then and you can even say that's a sexual transaction, right? Like even in – okay, let's take out the sure. professional money of it where it's like sugar daddy or, or whatever or sugar mama where the girl and the guy are getting together because they know that, that like you're alone. You know, we were a good match. I want to be with you for this. I want to be with you sexually, but they want they really want some perks for the sexual relationship, whether it be a guy or a girl, both ways. Like that type of sexual transaction, as long as it's consensual, they're two adults. No one, you know, two consenting adults. Are you? Do you get any negative feelings on that, or like do you look down on that? No, uh, I have no problem with that. I think actually, there's there's a lot of people out there that, you know, main if they didn't have an outlet, could end up uh, expressing it in in, in in a more negative way. I, the line for me is just kind of the, like you were saying, the power thing. So I've been very, very conscious of not either getting myself in or not, not uh, extending uh, power in that realm because I think that is a sliding slope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and that's why I was trying to look at what was the problem sure. with it. I think there's a couple things. That's why I, I was in, I was locked in at, at it being maybe an audition because that's the one that we were sure. talking about. We were mentioning casting couch where that's more sure. coercion. And also, it's not like, it's using Hollywood. It's using the gig. It's using something else to say that's what we're here for when we're really not, right? Like it's right. like, and then the girl or the guy, depending, is there for that to get a to get a to get an actual gig, but then they get thrown into that where it's like, oh, I didn't know, so it's not consensual. You're actually two people on different planes. So that's and then they're coercing you. That's a big difference with the actual open sexual transaction of no we know where we're doing this or like especially with like a prostitute and john or whatever they know what right. they're doing and it's like it's consensual because they're both saying yeah i will do this for that and i will do that for that that's what we and we all it's all above board in some ways right where this is completely different on a casting couch but outside of that because yours is not even on a casting couch no not at all the the negative aspect is you got to see this is the way i would break it down you can correct me if i'm wrong is the the amount of control and power they have on you once you've been hired because who knows if that was in the the, you know, like it's the power and control over someone else that they have over people into industry once they get in is what I was hearing. Like, would you would you disagree or how would you break down the issue with this right there? Because again, what if she what if she actually was there before and she knew what she was doing with uh, again? It's a sexual transaction. They're using the the gig as the front, but in reality, she knew what she was getting into because she auditioned that way, and she, that's why that's why she was looking for anyone who leaving and then does this. Maybe there's some stuff in the back. What is the problem if that is not if that is going on? Where she's like, no, I I, I want to do it this way. What do you think? It's a very it's a very interesting uh, kind of picture you paint. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was a little simpler than that. I think she didn't know who I was and saw me in a suit and just knew that there were certain people that float around that were in positions to make and break careers. Yeah. And I think that that's thinking back at it. One of the reasons why when she needed to take a break, she came over and started talking to me. And then when I left, I'm she. Uh, she might have thought that her opportunity was walking out the door so she made a call then to stop the production to cut to give me her number which she did and then i actually a week later phoned her up and realized that she thought i was one of these players because they had given her feedback saying that she was they were not going to hire her again and she wanted me to fix the problem it's it has to, like, but you're saying but it has to do with like money you don't know what the the number again she's just trying to be liked by everybody and that's a normal person in hollywood because i heard i heard the same thing about right. with marilyn monroe where it was like oh 100%. she will do anything to be make sure she liked by everybody on the set 
Right. And it's, it's like, not what you know, it's who you know yeah, and yeah. your reputation that way. And so and but she's operating out of, of fear of power of what I hear from your saying there. And and actually yeah. that's a natural sure. thing in any industry though. You know, you see someone walking down like who's a CEO or who's the manager, there there's gonna be people who are in fear of that power of what they could do to you in that and it's not just uh, Hollywood. So what do you think is the what makes it different? Like why why is it you know, what's the problem here? I'm just curious. I don't think it's a problem. I just think it's it's incredibly open that way. Mm. And when when you know, there's a difference between. I mean, that was a very subtle example. Uh, I have other examples that are a little bit more, you know, yeah. full on. But uh, I think that was the first time that I realized that that idea of kind of trading sexuality or trading attention uh, was really in play. Like I remember thinking about that after the phone call and went, "Oh my gosh!" I just you know, I'm a guy from the boondocks. I'm from Australia. I'm from down under. Like that doesn't really happen around here, around my experiences, but there it was just so blatantly open. So it was like, you know what? Give me a call. We'll go out. You know, we'll see where it goes, and then you'll be able to help me with my career go up the up the ladder. Which yes, you're right, happens everywhere, but it uh, it was a completely it was so open and so out there and so in your face as the years went by and other experiences. I was like, it's, it was almost like a, a an open hidden secret. Now, is that a bad or good thing? I'm curious if you're going to have to, again, it's not, it's not about good or bad, but I was Depen just curious. Cause I was like, yeah. Depends how you, it depends on what you're interested in. I guess it does really depend on what you're trying to get out of it. I, I think mean, that's I've the had... thing. Like I said, that my complaint is the front of it, the front where it's like, I'm yeah. in here to make movies, but then they're in it for something else. And then you run into that. And if you're, it's basically, basically the problem is naivety, right? If you don't understand that before you get in, you might hit some terrible experiences because you don't understand that in this to make it in this industry but it's in any it's in everything like again with sports like if you if you don't go into sports with that type of idea of what type of industry you're getting into you're probably not going to make it to pros because it's like freaking cutthroat right like it's like you're going to have to work do all these things that you may not understand from just looking outside and so i think that might be it too but go ahead i cut you off that's okay um I, again it depends really like I was there for my passion as opposed to just kind of, you know, I don't know. Uh, that, <laughs> in all honesty, I was completely unaware of this. And then slowly over time realized that there were opportunities that were going to present themselves. Uh, it's really interesting, especially when you're working in a crew, a film crew. Uh, it, quite a few times I saw actresses hook up with producers that would change the whole power dynamic mm. of the production. Yeah. So now you had someone who kind of did have a, a, a voice or a lever to get their way, um, which is really interesting because the next thing you know, you're taking, uh, you're taking directions or things, decisions are being made from like the third chair, which is like, you know, an actress down the thing, but happen to hook up with someone. So it is sexual currents like you're talking about. You're buying your way up so, and down the ladder. Absolutely. And, you know, openly and also subversively and, you know, what you also find, and, okay. and just give me one second, BK, mm -hmm. is that if that's what's going on in the mainstream, then you get the extremes of it. And there have been many stories that have come out. And in fact, we just finished the like Amber Heard, um, Johnny, Depp, uh, yeah. Johnny Depp thing, which is again, I think to a certain degree, if you if you uh, listen to what's going on, when he first met her, she was completely subversive. She was totally attentive to him and all the rest of it. And then things change. And I, I remember listening to the story going, I totally agree, not with who abused who, but the way the relationship kind of played out was something that I had seen many times. So it's like, 
I'll do what I need to do to get the attention or to make that kind of relationship. The power dynamic shifted a bit. She got some clout, and then all of a sudden, and then it, it, changed. it changed. Whether or not like he abused her or she abused him, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I think that I think the answer is yes for both. Well, I think that they're, they're definitely two people who need to have some sort of uh, reconciliation and work through it. Well, with the, because it's again we don't kink shame here. Sometimes there's going to be dom subs and switches, and then oh. and everybody like and I I actually think most of us are switches in general, and I think it's like it's a, it's a way of like with the power dynamic, and that's why they always say like the the big CEOs or the people who are like super uber rich they they're usually the they they do the sub because they they're dom and everything else in their life, so they use it as a right. sexual outlet, so they could be a sub there because they don't take shit from anybody else but it's like oh i need that balance and so we tend to go up and down in waves and sometimes our, our personal life or our professional life dictate what type of sexual wave we're riding in that moment but that but but um so like let's make it let's make it fun a bit or not fun probably oh, terrible not fun? let's I'm, give you sorry. let's give you control no 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 I'm, I'm i'm gonna ask a question about what we're talking about and it might not sure, be fun okay. for you because not people not some people might not be wanting to be put on the spot but <laughs> but since you're my guest i will put you on the spot <laughs> but but you're 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 in control of the whole thing man you 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 want to fix it to 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 make it better what would you do in this situation because again if, if the title is hollywood is it the modern day sodom and gomorrah something's going on in the system that's that's there's a lot of victims or people getting spit out and churned in and and getting sure. pushed into these terrible things if you're going to try to alleviate it maybe not fix it completely but get on the right path to to, to the path back to what it was hopefully meant to be or at least out in the open eye like that what what would you try to do to make changes to this to, to do anything you had full control you have all the money in the world you have all the power in the world you could do it in there what would you do to try to tweak it to make I, it a little um, bit better yeah you know what i i wanted to make a joke i want to be like dearly beloved we are gathered here today and, and be like maybe god no um <laughs> i to be honest with you yeah. i came to an understanding a long time ago that human nature okay. um it's going to express itself in many many different forms and sexuality is such a big part of human behavior uh you know recently i was having a conversation about a character and escalation and whether a character or a person can kind of pull themselves back and i, I think i kind of understood that most cases people once they've experienced something you know it the it's human nature to move forward and not go backwards and i guess that's why we have a lot of prisons and we we decide that people who have behaved in certain ways have to be excluded from society so uh i don't think that it's a case of uh repairing anything like that i think okay. it's just there's a lot of financial agree, reward actually. when it comes to to popular culture cinema um and you know you if you look at anything in the creative arts especially in the last couple of years there have been incredible examples of uh, manipulation and and power being weld weld wielded wield yeah, yeah. weld i think weld weld yeah, yeah. weld was the right word i, I was right. just like did yeah. i say the right word um but and i think that it really comes down to an individual choice where you want to stand uh recently i was working with uh, uh, some people who had worked in the comic book industry and were very very popular and then found out that someone that i worked with was incredibly mm. abusive to to uh, fans and female mm. employees mm -hmm. and i got to a point where i was like i don't know if i want to associate myself with that here's, here's a better question then sure can you make it without using your sexual currency or using you know can you make it in the industry without that i think so i think you can and i think it depends on where you're coming from i again i can only speak for myself i'm really really kind of you know i like i like 
not to speak for other people, I like to only speak for me and I like to for other people not to speak to, for me as well. But I know that when I went over there, it was through the passion of telling a story and creating something that I had experienced in my younger years that created this wonderment and a, and a place for me to be able to feel safe and express myself. See, you're a good so egg, again, man. Human, because well, I, I actually agree completely because, again, you, you took the right path of like all, no, it's, it's human nature. You can't fix human nature no matter what money cool. or thing you do. But that's why I was gonna I was gonna go double when you said that, but then you you, you elaborated, which is perfect. But my, my first initial thoughts were basically, you know, like there are there are human that you could say that in anything, even outside this industry, you can do that in politics, you can do that in real life, sure. you can do that in family life and, and social life and anything. So like there are things in place to help ease that, right? Like to help eat to, to help push against human nature a bit. They have programs in place to get you for me, the first thing that came to mind was like Again, it's more of like the truth will set you free and, and not to kink shame and whatnot. And we talk a lot about here with, you know, open understanding and, you know, vulnerability and communication where it's like all they kind of are getting closer to that because they're kind of open to that. It's so in your face where it was very obvious of what was going on. But I think the only problem where people get in, 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 in tough situations is when it gets thrown at them when they're, again, naive. Or as, And I was talking about it before, maybe on, before we started live streaming about... The problem is that when when they're too young, when they're when they're a kid, your first sexual right. experience kind of sticks with you, and so like if your first experience is trying to get in this job, it sticks with you that all jobs are like this, because it's your first experience right. with that. And if you're naive to that, then you're so then again the only thing that I, again I agree with you about the whole human nature is going to be itself. We're going to express ourselves. There's going to be problems with any industry, and this is what where it expresses itself because it's such high everything. It's in your face and everything about the Hollywood industry or movie making or arts and entertainment, but there, there should be some or on, easier onboarding to let everyone know that that's what you're really getting into instead of trying to say, no, this is all just about putting on a show. This is just about acting. This is just about that, where it's like all, if you don't have that understanding going in, you don't know what you're sending even your kid into, which is why we talk about child actors and everything all the time. Right. I mean, you know, again, I know I, we spoke about this before, but it lead, led into a, a situation that I uh, experienced again, probably in the first definitely first six months of being in, in the US, um, I was studying at a school, as I mentioned, I was a cinematographer. So there was probably 10 students in this class. It was a very intense class. And we were having lunch at the back of, of uh, a soundstage. And this guy just comes up and says, hey guys, do you wanna make some money over the weekend? And we're like, what? Yeah, what? well, you know, we're students, you know? <laughs> I don't know about, about your ex student experience, but you know, any money in your pocket meant you could probably eat something more than ramen. For, for more than a couple of days. I so, played poker and any, blackjack, yep. Exactly. Well, you, well, maybe you won money, but uh, it wasn't the case for Sometimes. me. Sometimes. Um, many times did I get one of those kind of vending machine sandwiches, and if you ate the tuna one, man, you were sick for three days. Uh, oh, God. That, that Futurama <laughs> episode where Fry eats the, the, the sandwich and ends yeah. up having, like, larvae and stuff, like, I couldn't watch that. I couldn't. I'm like, oh, my God, PTSD. I had that experience. Wow. Oh, my God, it was terrible. Oh, my God. But uh, this, this guy turned up and goes, look, we're looking for uh, camera operators down in the valley and gave us cards. And on the cards, it had, like, a phone number and it's like, make money, you know, two days work, blah, blah, blah. And, it, you know, we were like, okay, and we took the cards. And then we realized that what they were looking for were camera operators for porn, for porn down there. They just wanted people who could run the camera, I think. Uh, and out of that group, there was, I think, like six or seven of them took them up and would do that on a, on a regular basis to pay the rent to get some extra money. 
I know that I, and again, not from a judging point of view. I mean, the joke I used to say was my life was probably, I get the male, you know, I'd probably get the gay porn job and probably get fired because I'd be shaking because I hadn't been exposed to that before. And I'd be like, oh my God, that's what, you know, is that what to, happens with people? Uh, very naive back when I, when yeah. I went over there. But um, in all seriousness, I did sit down and there was definitely times where I was short for rent or i needed to spend some money on a project or back in that and when i was learning we shot on film and film was you know a couple hundred bucks for 10 minutes and then you had to spend a couple of thousand to get it processed wow. uh even with a student discount so if you're you know you got a final project and yeah, you want to show yeah. the skills it wasn't like you know i just pick up my phone and film or i put nowadays it's different in. can you do that it is completely right? different nice completely so, so technology different. helped yeah, but it's a different medium. Like the results mm. I could get on film and the results I can get on digital camera, That's true. totally different things. And the irony in that is now that people will spend fortunes on plugins and software to stuff. try and make the digital figure. It's like vintage cars, right? Look, like, yeah, yeah it's like look like vintage. the film stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And behind me, I have two 16 mil film cameras that one day that's I will awesome. buy film and, and Oh, that's do amazing. It that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, so my decision was, what's the cost of actually doing this work not the financial cost in my hand but am i going to open up pathways into my brain that's going to start heading into a different area and i just was concerned about that because i was so focused especially that first year because i only had a year to work on uh to, to be there at the time i didn't know that i was going to be fortunate enough to to win a scholarship and come back and i wanted to get the most out of it and i wanted to get the most out of it in the industry so that I kind of had a little bit of an idea of how to navigate a lot of stuff. Mm. Uh, and years later, that's, that, that helped for, for other people and myself. So um, I chose not to do it. And again, not from any other perspective, but where, what was my foundation of even going on this adventure and, and walking away from everything. And uh, I had left a, 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 my partner in Australia and mm. she was studying. We like, there was a lot of, uh, I lived under uh, the bleachers for like two weeks before did, security found me. Did this me, so affect your relationship, these experiences? No, it actually, it made us stronger, which nice. is pretty amazing. Cool. I actually think that if I hadn't gone, we probably would have ended. But because we had gone, um, and again, one of my big costs was calling back to Australia and talking for an hour every night. Mm. And it was like $7,000 bills coming up. Because I remember those we, days. Yeah, it was I mean, really I was hard, in a long distance relationship to Japan, so you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was expensive, but at the same time, it was because we had a distance, we also were able to, to really appreciate the time we had as opposed to just taking it um, kind of for granted. Um, and she came over a couple of times and I returned back during that time. But yeah, what I also noticed, and because you can't get away from that if you are in Hollywood, there's yeah. so much bleed over between mainstream and, uh, and, and the adult industry that um, I was saying this to you the other day, I look at a lot of uh, advertising, especially international advertising campaigns. And I'm just like, these guys started in the porn industry. There's no question about it because the only difference between what they were doing before and after and models have clothes on yeah like so, you know, so it's a tic tacs but she's actually emphasizing the tic tacs with her cleavage or bending over well not just that i mean you know I, I saw an advertisement on a bus the other day and the model was like lying on her side with her legs spread open mm. now again I'm, I'm not going to judge that but mm -hmm. it was quite obvious what what was being sold um and uh you know i don't think 
I personally, again, this is my opinion. I don't think that that would have been as acceptable if if people hadn't gone through that mill initially and then graduated up into kind of mainstream. No, the problem is, is like, just, again, like there's, there's two things. It. I think we blame certain things where it's like sex sells. We're blaming human nature or, or blaming the industry where I think it's a lot of the the re there's there's regulatory things in place to keep that out of, you know, keep it in its proper place, right? We don't show porn on stuff, but you can, we don't show porn on those billboards, but we're able to show that, but there needs to be an actual, like, they're basically taunting with prejudgment, like, and, and the, the problem with the higher ups will have to say, we know what that's going on. You don't know what's going on, but you just have to set the standards and then make it to the standards accordingly, right? Where it's like, oh, we will no longer accept these type of things. I think in the old days, they wouldn't have been able to put that on, right? Because they, they basically had those things in place where like somebody in the who had control of this would say, that's, we know what you're doing, right? And it's it's like... Cause I, or, or like the pe or is it the people? It's you get what you it's get you get what you vote for type of thing. Is the people accept it now? Is that I mean, which one would it be? Before I answer that, yeah. um, once Jay's asking, was it a commercial for a dust? It was just clothes. It was clothes. And it's by the way, it's not summer over here. It's freezing. That's why I've got a long commercial shirt for a dust. I'm like it's freezing, but it's that's good. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pitch that and see if I can do that as a, as a commercial job. Um, going back to your question though, I think it's just our sensitivity to a lot of this stuff is just lowered. Um, you know, it's like, how do we get attention uh, nowadays, especially since there's so much adult content that's so freely available through the internet. I mean, you know, I grew up in, in the 80s and, and people had video recorders and used to go into the video store and there was the adult section. Before that, it was in the cinema. It was like, where was your line of comfort? Are you going to sit in the cinema with public in public or are you going to go home and partake? Uh, the home video recorder industry, the whole industry, um, was based on what the, the money that was funded was the ability for people to go and actually take adult uh, adult films home and VHS, the great beta VHS wars. Well, Sony didn't didn't sign a, a deal and didn't want adult content on their system. VHS did and VHS won because there was so much, uh, you know, this you know the money flowed into that same thing with the internet okay. if you dig a little bit if you scratch that surface all the big kind of adults uh websites mm -hmm. that first started up were all the big players there were the aols and there were the yeah, yeah, all yeah. those different things they had companies on the side that would generate this stuff or buy content and but because and we let it, it into public so publicly that it's become less sensitive is what you're saying is the sensitivity has dulled more because of that interesting that's an interesting way of saying that because to me it's like being pulled i mean it's like being pulled by society or humanity as a whole right we talked about it it's going to be there anyway you can't control that it's human nature sexuality is a big part of our human nature <sighs> so it's basically being pulled towards that more than the morality of a public decency right where it's like all in the old days they had some pull to pull them to say these things is what we want in our public where our i mean again even as you can go back as far as you want there's nothing new under the sun men and women and 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 same-sex stuff is going to be going on since the beginning of time because of human nature right. and that's they usually did it pri privately so like the I difference Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, they usually did it privately too, though. Where in right. the in the old sure. day, in the back in the time, it was we were sensitive to it, but now we've lost that. Where it mixes private and public is what I'm seeing. Where there's there's a morality of public decency that's getting um, lessened because of the sensitivity, maybe. Sure. Two two things that that come to mind when you were saying that that yeah. I want to share. First is uh, in Australia. Um, there was nudity on like public access television from the 60s onwards. 
um that's something again that i was really surprised to see in america the the um the the censorship of things you know it, it i wouldn't say it was commonplace but there was a lot of like you know topless kind of there was a whole program here in australia called number 69 which oh sorry no number 96 was what that was called very famous you've very been, very famous been, yeah australian you, you auto corrected uh, that gil yeah yeah no <laughs> i mean you understand why no, they no, call it 96. i mean yeah, yeah, i get it but i mean you know some very famous actors and actresses uh you know were around definitely topless i don't i wasn't a, i wasn't there born then so i haven't actually seen it but it's it's quite well known uh when i was growing up there was a tv show here there was another australian production that was on late at night called chances and again people starting out you know they would have cast photos that you could buy and it was all the women topless like you mm. know and, and we're not talking 10 people we're talking like 50 or 60 you know like that was the gimmick cards, right? right so that so wasn't a problem uh and of course then you know it it depending on whether it was an art project or whatever you would see full frontal nudity or whatever but nothing gratuitous nothing like mm -hmm. you know in the act so that was the first thing that was really interesting to see in america because that was all like taboo it was like you know there was the, the channels that you if you squinted you could kind of see something uh which i thought was like hilarious um and then the other part that was really interesting because it just happened to be surfing on the internet and came across an article that was talking about how in the 60s and up to the late 70s and i don't know about this in australia but definitely in europe and australia and all the rest of it uh people didn't wear bathing suits when they went swimming you got naked mm -hmm. and you had a shower and then you swam and then you showered again and that was it it was totally understandable and acceptable that you know there was no bathing suits around um and of course that's changed now now we kind of cover up everything Mm -hmm. And I wonder if we would still have that same kind of, not interest, but there's, you know, it's very powerful feeling thinking that you're seeing something that maybe you're not supposed to, or that's only, that only you can see. When you think about it, whether mm -hmm. you believe in God or not, it's a very kind of, you know, deity type thing. If, oh, I'm looking at these, this is a private thing and I'm, I'm looking like at voyeurism, it. Yeah. Wow. You know, it, it, there are definitely parts of the brain that kind of get fired up. I'm sure there's dopamine and all the rest of it. And then you go, I, wow, that's kind of cool. The biggest problem um, is like shame and fear, though, because, again, if you put yourself in that situation where right. it's like, oh, the only reason it would be like, again, we, we were very sex positive, you know, healthy relationship positive and everything um, and keeping it consensual where it's like, we, we don't mind where you go crazy stuff, but it's consensual. And again, it's, it's part of it is also private, which is why stay sexy, stay safe, don't get caught in public. Uh, it's because... The only thing I could see it because I didn't even know was I wasn't even aware of that back in the '60s. It was like that, but it makes sense where yeah. like it comes from the inner shame or judgment of like I'm getting turned on by this and I want them to stop for my sake because I can't control my penis right now, which is fine. You shouldn't be able to have to control your penis, but like you shouldn't be ashamed of it. Like where it's like, oh no, it's natural to actually feel that way if you see a beautiful person that you're attracted to, whether it be male or female, you're gonna have that physical reaction. It just happens. It's sexual nature and human nature, and it's like that fear and self-loathing of that that i think is going to push us towards this right are we not the only creature on the planet that like covers themselves with clothing i mean you know there's a practicality to it because of where, the environments that we're in but at the same time you know it's it's an amazing thing that this it's a fundamental thing for for humanity whether you look at it from a biological point of view or a psychological point of view you know it's the one thing that if you want to add to the what the human race is such 
you're going to have an experience. The unfortunate thing I think right now is we put a lot of attention on in the news and stuff of the wrong things being done, people being taken advantage, especially I have absolutely no time or place for anyone who takes advantage of children um, whatsoever. I think that, you know, certain people have certain buttons and I am like totally against that in, in so many different ways. But um, everything else that you want to explore, as long as it's consensual, as long as it's right? safe, yeah. as long as you find that outlet uh, and it's not harmful. And I think that's the real line for me, whether or not it's, uh, you know, I just mentioned before we started, it was like, you know, I had a relationship with the dominatrix and people go, oh, wow, you know, that, that's really interesting and all the rest of it. Ultimately, it was great. But where the relationship ended was when we realized we we're actually in different areas. Like we went and explored all of that. It was all consensual. It was all great. Um, and then we, what we realized was long term, we were, we were close by. We, you know, we had come together, but we were, we were splaying apart. And she wanted to do this. And I was not on this side. I was on that side, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of people would be like, ooh, well, what side was he on? Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things where if you, if you can actually create something that is um, consensual and safe and all the rest of it, you don't have a bounds. There is no limit. I agree 100% that it's the shame and all those uh, that situation that puts limits on. Mm -hmm. Don't know about anyone else, but I, in the relationships that I've been in, and including myself, damn, I'm the one putting the limits on. And they're putting mm -hmm. the limits on because of all the different experiences and messages. Um, Isn't that I a relationship, had, had, right? The relationship is setting those boundaries and then connecting <laughs> even you know, connecting by also like sharing your boundaries with each other and understanding like that you're both you know supporting each other and you can also even like grow and change together with those boundaries that that also comes with experience and time it's not something that you can oh, just yeah. quickly you know you know oh, yeah. put together so if you meet someone and you're starting a relation and again it's not six months it's not years years you invest years in someone to understand where those lines are and one of the things that i totally um and this was a hard lesson that I had to learn, but I realized that there are some, like, you know, there's some cupboards using that as a metaphor in, in someone's psychology and, and psychological profile that doesn't matter how close you are, the respect is not going in there and not asking and not trying to pry it open. Oh, interesting. I love that. And, and that for me was a huge one because I, when I like someone, I want to understand everything about them. Mm -hmm. I don't want there to be a separation. I'm a, I'm old school. I'm like, you know, you're, you're, uh, your soulmate is the other part of your soul. So, you know, you get two parts and they fit together. Um, and that is right across the board, whether it's, uh, you know, you, the way you live or your sexuality yeah. or your, the way you, you know, you, a lot of it has to do with like also PTSD type of things where it's like, oh, I'm way past that 100%. now. I don't need it. I mean, like here, here's a movie since we're talking about Hollywood. Uh, and I know that we've talked, we've actually done some references of, of Kevin Smith movies before, but it's kind of like chasing Amy where it's like, oh, you don't need to like she's you're reopening things that she already has closed and and you don't and you're judging her for that where it's like it's like she doesn't want to talk about that or doesn't need those to be affecting her life anymore it was her past right and so yeah stuff like that and go I, ahead yeah i was gonna say two things one is i learned that lesson from that film mm -hmm. and was lucky enough to meet kevin smith and actually discuss that with him wow and the other and the other thing um that uh, i'll share with you is that i got engaged after watching that film and introducing you it got to engaged my, I got engaged wow. literally after introducing that film to someone I was dating. Um, and then after that, we weren't dating anymore. So, um, <laughs> wait, wait, we weren't, let's, we were engaged. Let's talk, about, 
Um, oh, okay, okay. But, I thought you mentioned the negative sense. The I was way. like, wait a second. Um, I was like, whoa. But you still date when you're engaged and married, by the way. I'm sorry. You're doing um, it wrong. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm no, just, I'm just I didn't know you then. But, um, <laughs> Go ahead. but it's a really important lesson. And I thought that that, that message in that film was, was so powerful that it was like, if you want to go into something, you've got to accept the pe people for who they are now, now yep. and don't look back at their journey. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, I remember oh. s saying to to yeah. uh, someone that I knew, we weren't friends, he, he used to shit me and I used to shit him all, all the time. And then uh, he introduced us to his, some, his girlfriend or whatever. And this was in a time where I was a real dirtbag. And I remember I was like, we we're Does leaving that and I was like, again, man. You're, you're no i was i was a real piece of work at that then uh, some people might say i am now too but i think i'm a little i was bit gonna better. make a joke but you cut me off go ahead that's okay um and i remember going oh it was really nice to meet you and then like as i was walking away i turned around and said um something along the lines of hey when, when when you're banging him tonight think of me and i walked off you know uh which is the worst thing you can absolutely do because it sticks in someone's head um and i just remember thinking to myself going you know uh, why am I even telling this story? Oh, we're talking about chasing Amy. I was just like, you know, it's that sort of stuff that gets, you know, that floats around in people's heads. Oh, I need to know, or hey, that sort of stuff. I think- oh, We did a big I, teaser for chasing Amy because not everyone might've seen it, but yeah, it's basically, it's a yeah. guy who gets involved with a, a former, well, like who says she's a lesbian now, but then they kind of fall in love. And then she's had some non-lesbian yeah. things. So, I, I'll go ahead. What is your point? Go ahead, sorry. No, I was, I was just trying to finish it. That's okay, PK. You, I'm you, sorry. You're running this, I'm sorry. This, no, 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 you go, you go. And I do get a little bit long-winded, but I try to explain uh, Okay, what was the main point? Because I think she came back to me and said something like, you know, it, there was there was something along the lines of, you know, why you're good or the experiences you had would make you good or something like that which again relates back to the film chasing amy it's like you meet someone and they uh they have some sort of skills or you have a great moment with someone don't ask where they where they had the experience to get to that point because that's mm. where if you're jealous or anything like that it's just accept that you had that moment and that's going to uniquely be yours and then you may continue or you may and allow you know, me to counter a mind. bit because i i agree that you don't want to you, again like if you reverse the situation you you would want that you would want to be treated that way right where it's like you don't want those things pushed upon you but let me tell you from 15 years of marriage they're now, picking you or not well let me <laughs> let me tell you for 15 years of marriage that there are situations where they will open up cupboards that you that you wanted to keep kind of there or you thought you did but because of the time thing and they didn't force it, they basically ask and it comes up from something in our life or our relationship in the present day that then it becomes a cupboard that you're glad is relieved or opened. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's basically, it's basically keeping your own, you know, like not interfering with someone else's cupboards or, or the space or personal history until they're ready um, and you don't want you know it's trying to get what you want out of it when they're not ready to give it right where it's like all right it's like that's all it. that's the difference but, but i know that over time since uh, again i've been in a marriage for so long like that happens for both parties where like spending that much time together being together that long there's gonna be cupboards that get open that you thought you wanted to keep closed all the time but it's okay the way it happens it comes naturally instead of them trying to say i need to know this about you and that's kind of what happens in chasing Amy, where it's like i need to know this stuff about you and you need to, we need to talk about this now where it's like all wait she might talk about it later but at this moment it's not good for her or the relationship or him or her you know so i think that happens too where it's like it's not like they're never going to get opened either this conversation has moved a little bit away from Hollywood, but I remember dating yeah. someone for a few years. And I remember uh, early on, she had um, 
she was actually in Japan. That's exactly, and oh, she went to one of wife. those hot springs and yeah. stuff. No, it wasn't oh, okay. his wife. But she had all these kind of photos she had taken for her boyfriend at the time and had like a old school phot photographic album. And she showed me some of those and then actually showed me where they were, literally in the cupboard. And I remember at the end of our relationship, she said, did you ever go in and take a look at those photos? And I said, no. And she's like, you know, I told you, like, I kind of showed you because I wanted you to see, but I didn't want to be part of that process. And I was just like, that's okay. Hmm. You know? And she's like, why didn't you, why didn't you? And I was like, cause I try to respect that boundary yeah. whether, you, you know, and again, there's a difference between someone sharing it with you openly and not beginning of relationships. You share everything cause you're trying to understand that there's also nothing vested. Uh, I, you know, there there's are, a big there difference is. between asking and demanding, right? Because I mean, like now that I've been in a marriage like that long in a relationship, even before, you know, we were dating, you know, for a couple of years and then engaged for a year and a half, I think, or something like that. But during those times, like it's fine to be asked, right? But you have to of accept course. their answer and that's their boundary where it's like, all, oh, sure. hey, do you mind talking about this or do you mind telling me this? If they say no, then like, why do you have to say, I need to know? It's more of a demand than an actual question then, so. And I think the other part about it is, um, you know, when you start a relationship, um, you, everyone knows that they can walk away with nothing vested. You might like the person, you might have a great time. It's over time that you start building those bonds. And I don't know about anyone else, and I'd love to ask people in, in, in the chat room. Go um, ahead. And anyone listening line, to the podcast. Yeah, yeah ahead, there's yeah. a line for me that changes where I go, oh my gosh, I really like this person. Therefore, I may not be as open or I might not be as kind of uh, adventurous. Mm -hmm. um, because I don't want to cross a boundary that I don't know I'm crossing because the relationship is more important than, than what, you know, um, you know, the sexual relationship or anything like that. For me, I found a way around it. And that was oh. actually taught to me, which was a conversation that I had with uh, my incredible partner right now, um, which was my job in the bedroom is just to take you on the most adventurous sexual journey that I can take you on. I'm not going to worry about it unless you tell me that something doesn't work for you. And when you do so, don't say it as a no, just say not now. And then we can discuss it later. So, so you uh, set that for boundary me, early. So, yeah. And you know, it's sometimes it's hard because again, talking about the psychological barriers that you put things in because of my own personal journey and because I went and explored, I, I'm going to be a lifelong learner. And there are definitely opportunities uh, that I took to learn different things, both right across life, especially, uh, you know, I mentioned it before, you know, uh, having a relationship with an active dominatrix was taught me a hell of a lot <laughs> yeah, in a yeah. lot of ways where I was like, wow, seriously? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's give it a shot. Let's go. Um, let's try. Um, but with that sort of stuff, um, you realize that that's not going to work for everyone. Every relationship is incredibly What was the question unique. you're going to say for chat and for the people listening? So, so, so the question was, when you think back to the relationships that you had, was there a line that changed the way you expressed yourself to your partner because you were emotionally invested in them? Oh, that could be interesting. Within the bedroom, it could be further out. Something that I've noticed, but it's something very, very hard to kind of break so, open and look at. Have you ever heard of Love Line? It happens. Kill? <laughs> With Dr. Drew? And, and Adam Carolla back in the day. Yeah, that's when I listened. Um, <laughs> I remember okay. that even as a kid, and even when I was in my 20s and stuff, still listening every now and then, I found it interesting. One thing that was really interesting to me was Dr. Drew talking about how um, 
how consistent he was with saying this the same kind of thing what you're saying there where but it happens with like um erectile dysfunction because i actually experienced it the same way where the first time i was with my wife trying to do that i really wanted to have sex but i couldn't because it, it was in my head right you want to yeah you're worried yeah. and stuff and dr yeah. drew would always say like yeah a lot unfortunately a lot of women think it's because they're unsexy or they think that there's something like going on but it's usually the guy really likes you and it's and he's having that difficulty of what you're talking about where it's like oh i really am worried i want to perform so bad that i can't perform and that's i love and, and, I, and i really want to have sex with you so bad but that i can't perform because i want to do i want to impress or i want to make sure that i don't fuck up this relationship from this experience and that actually happened to me. I had to take a okay. Cialis slash Viagra type thing the first time. After mm. that, it was done because it was just that one time getting over that hurdle <laughs> of like, I really fucking care about this girl. And, and and Dr. Drew would say that all the time. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't think it would happen to me because I was in the, in the middle of like, yeah. you know, going for the first time with her. And I was like, okay, shit, this is kind of happening. Cause I, and I was like, but because of, but the nice thing is, is that talking about it, like you're talking about right here and asking that question is a great question. Um, have you ever changed yourself because of that? it helped me not see it in negative light. Because a lot of the times we just say, that was the people calling up Dr. Drew saying, I'm ashamed, what the fuck is wrong with me? I must have something physical or meant something's right. terribly yeah. wrong with me. And he's like, oh, no, no, this is actually okay. And because I had that, I was able to do that on my own and figure yeah. out, okay, don't keep going. You that's, still actually like this girl. That's also, um, I, I find, oh, I've had the experience where I I was so turned on by someone that that my kind of performance <laughs> oh, was a lot less without the liking because, it was like yeah you, you, you really no, want, because it was like it's like you know you get to it and it's just like so intense and so yeah. passionate and so and it's like oh and then you go hold on a second wait a second where's the 30 minutes where's the the expectation that you see if you are using let's say um you know pornography as as a uh, as an example or where's you know and you start judging yourself and then you start going hang on a second and then you're like okay hang on a we got to do all this stuff afterwards or you know without getting graphic you know let me let me arrive beforehand so that i can you know and then it's not the same because you're building up energy and all the rest of it and really the i think that every person's biggest erogenous jones erogenous zone not jones that's a, that, that's my poor name erogenous jones see you tomorrow erogenous jones jones See you tomorrow, uh, Roger. Yeah. So, Joe. Oh, you know I'm gonna be doing uh, lines out of that. You know. All you right, know, keep going. On. Yeah, in the bedroom um, all the time. Roger yeah, Jones ahead. is awesome. That is gonna be my full name. Um, the uh, Roger Zone is between making this up as I go along. It's your head. Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah. It's like your head will make you the biggest sex god or the biggest. It's the head. Uh, yeah, your squad. head. It's a hundred percent. That's why Not it's the difficult. active head, but I mean, like, in between the Take it from someone who's head. doing sexy time for years. I, I, a lot of the a lot of the help that you can try to that I, I definitely try to give is breaking over that knowing of control of like you can't control someone else, you can't know someone else fully. That's the fun of relationships and sex is that you are going to know a little bit more than most other people, and you're getting closer to the hundred percent, but you'll never get to hundred percent because you can only know hundred percent of what you think and feel. And like when you get down to those things of trying to control it, like we we always make fun of those like pickup artists and stuff like that because it's like all you know you can't fully control it, but you're right. You can increase percentages, but it's like it's not. It's it depends on what you want too, and and it's also I think it's in that head, even in the bedroom. This in, in chat mentioning performance anxiety. That's exactly sure. what we're talking about. Is the performance anxiety comes from the knowing and the control too, where you're trying to control things that you can't control. It's going to come naturally, and it's like I mean, even if you break it outside of this stuff, practice makes perfect. You know, the the, the more times you do it with them, or the more times you try to get over these hurdles together, you'll get better. 
Like we are perfect. so off topic when it comes to Hollywood. We'll get back to it, but I do want to say, I, I know. You know, there I'm was, sorry. You're there just, was in the, yeah. that's cool. In the '90s, there was this big craze about like pickup artists, PLUs, and all this stuff, mm-hmm. PAELs, whatever. And and like the neg, you know, where you would like hit someone with a negative comment to 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 create interest. Yeah. I fucking hated that, like <laughs> for two reasons. One was at that time I would make some in an extreme well, way. Not just that, I know. yeah, but. I hated using negativity to try and create something because again, it's incredibly manipulative and power-based. But the rare times that I actually tried that, I would hit them so hard that I would actually insult them. It was the funniest thing in the world. But uh, in the sense of like, I had no, like, because I don't no, use I- that to, to form relationships. I don't, I'm not rude to someone to try and, I think it's, that it- like, it's easy to look at the negative I, I, of it because I do hate it too. But when when you break down the why it works is the fascinating part, and that's why it becomes a thing. Is because people talk about it all the time. It's because but that's self esteem. You're playing on on, on lack of self esteem, which again was one of the things that I no no, no but you're showing. It, but that's the looking at the negative with the, the, the again the only positive. The reason it is is the why it works is because of a positive reason is that uh, females do want a man who's actually confident enough to do that and not where the guy is actually like begging for sex or whatever saying you're you know putting her on a pedestal instead of that they want a guy who's comfortable enough and 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 on his own like he's comfortable enough with his own station and sexuality and everything that he can say whatever he wants to you where that's a sign of like actual self-esteem for the guy you know what i mean where it's like all that's the only positive thing you can take from that. I I, I agree that negging is a bu- bullshit because it's, it's basically just like lying. You know what I mean? It's like all you're saying things to try to get her to like you that you really probably don't believe because why would you want to be with her if you're saying those negative things? To, you know, like if those things are actual true, it's it's basically lying is what the problem is. But in the if you break it down from what why it works, it's a lot easier to understand what's going on. Again, I'm against negging. It happens even in non even in non sexual relationships. It happens all the time, by the way. So it's like. It's that power struggle in that. But anyway, okay, we did break away from that. Let me let me take control of you, Gil. Can I just say, can I just say one last thing and then we can move on yeah, to, back to the Hollywood stuff? Yeah. We, you know, we're running out of time. Everyone says says it, but it's really true. If if you are comfortable with yourself, like just be you. And uh I found a lot I never had a problem either finding people to explore a relationship with or just being around people. Um and part of that's respect and you know. I remember going to nightclubs and stuff and you know you talk to people and they wouldn't talk back to you as part of the game and i was like i'm not interested the the payoff in a relationship for me is the connection and if you're gonna already start a relationship from a connection which is kind of a power play thing it's it's not it's for me it's not going to work it works for a lot of other people but yeah it's uh it's an it's a really interesting thing and, and again it's it's human psychology in a lot of ways that's why I've had the experience many times where I'm not interested in people mm. and I tell them directly and they just, you are there, you know, yep. everything. And it's like, just go away to the point where you can actually be even rude to them and they will not go away. That's what and happened that's to me in high careful. school too, where I was even offered, she was trying to get me in bed with a threesome with her friend who I actually did like, but she, I really wasn't interested in her. And the more I wasn't interested, the more she got aggressive, right? Like it was just like more and more and right. more. And it was like... Right. Yeah, so it happened to me in high school. I still regret not taking okay. that threesome, but anyway, I'm probably a better man for it. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right, we'll go back online. We probably have about 20 to 20 minutes, depending on oh. your time. I want to be respectful for your time, 20 to 30 minutes. Good. I was going to ask uh, for a couple questions, um, just because I still want to get to some sex time questions if you want. Like at the end, yeah, we'll just try to do, do a couple of those of, of, of questions from uh, just, people. Uh, I want to thank everyone for breaking my cherry on uh, on. Uh... <laughs> on twitch and getting me past that 20 um because mm. i didn't want that but 
BK has a goal of 50 and I'm far from it. So you can do that's kind of cool. I'm going to push and, you. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm exploring Love new you, things, I guess, on Twitch. I don't talk... Well, I don't think I've ever had a conversation like this on Twitch, but we could do that if you guys want to come over. Yeah, come on over to Twitch. He's a, he's, he's a lovable chap. Go to twitch.tv forward slash gilly underscore p. It's going to be in the show notes again if you want to just click that on the podcast. But I, I, it will be in the live chats here. And come to our uh, YouTube to see what we're talking about and see what he's looking like. Because you want to see what type of guy... look What he looks like when he gets into dominatrix and... And and gets into all these Hollywood sh shenanigans. You, we want to see him. That's my stuff. I, I want to see my stuff. <laughs> I want to see him. But anyway, all right, Gil. Let's ask. Let's, I'm going to end with a couple fun questions. And again, um, anyone in who's listening to this podcast or in the live stream as well, put in put it in the chat. Um, do you? What do you? Would you want to like have more guests like this? How are you digging it? Is Gil passing with flying colors? Is he failing? No, I'm just kidding. He's not failing. Not enough dirty stories. What, not enough dirty stories. <laughs> not enough juice. We'll get that in a second. But uh, let us know in your feedback. Again, it's uh, sexytimedlove at gmail.com. Or again, just send it to us in our comments or our Discord, um, Patreon, all those things. We have many ways to, we're always open to that. And you can be anonymous even if you want. So please give us your feedback. We really welcome it. So, Gil, a couple fun questions before. And, and you know, uh, we'll see. Uh, first off, since we're going to wind down the personal experience, we'll go to actual sexy time questions soon. Okay. What's the. Could you think of I want I want two things. If I'm I'm a demanding chap, you're a lovable chap. I'm a demanding chap. First, number one, what's the craziest story you could be able to disclose to us involving Hollywood and maybe some sexual or relationship adventures or things that you've seen? Oh, what's your craziest story yeah. that you could let us oh, know? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'll do this quickly because it's more fun when you. But we haven't got half an hour. Yeah. Uh, when I first went to Los Angeles. Uh, mentioned that I was living on the bleachers for the first uh, month and then security kicked me out and I had to find a place to live. So I actually ended up in a co-op house, uh, which was a lot of fun because uh, it was actually a comedian's kind of uh, uh, co-share. So it was people who were studying the comedy industry and, um, you know, they were, they were kind enough, I guess as an Aussie fish out of water, they were uh, kind enough to let me stay there. And I ended up becoming friends with uh, a number of people who be who went on to become very quite famous. Um, so I'm going to leave names out. But one of these guys happened to be a little bit further up on the rung, and he was on a TV show that was a kind of like a comedy sketch show out of Los Angeles. Um, and one Saturday night, he said to me, "Hey, uh, Gilly P, this because that's how everyone knew me then, uh, or Gil. Hey, Gil. He's like, hey, I, I got invited to a party. Um, you know, he heard this from some of the crew." Do you want to come and, uh, and, and you know, do, do you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. But you got to understand that at this time, while he had just started the show, we didn't have a car. We didn't have anything like that. So we had to take a bus. So it took us quite a bit of time to get to this place. It was just outside Hollywood, kind of in the valley, which already was like, what kind of party is this? And uh, we get there. Um, and again, uh, just a little bit of background. You know, I'm jeans shirt type of guy. He's wearing jeans, um, like a like a, a, a t-shirt, and then he's got a, this this sweater over the top of it, okay. um, which is important. You'll see why in a second. And uh, we go in there, and it's just like a party. There's like lots of hot women there, lots of guys, lots of drinking, lots of all this sort of stuff. And we're standing there, and no one's paying attention to us at all, none whatsoever. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, all right. Um, so it's, he's going, oh, you know, he's getting frustrated and I'm like, eh, whatever. It's just kind of nice to see what's going on. Get out of the house. Uh, <laughs> I'm very low maintenance. And, uh, I go, Hey, you know what? Your, your TV show is about to start, isn't it? 
And he goes, yeah. And I go, let's turn on the big TV that's oh, there. Mm -hmm. And like, they'll see you in the credits and you know, get shit going. So he's like, oh, okay. And he goes, nah, I'm like, I'll do it. So I go, I find the remote, big flat screen TV on the wall, show starts, credits come up. There's my friend in the credits. And you can see certain heads turn and they go, and now this like really hot 20 something year old blonde is now talking to him. Yeah. But she was talking to this other guy who's a little bit pissed off mm -hmm. about the fact that there's, yep. so they're talking, we're having a few drinks, whatever, you know, an hour goes by. It's now about one in the morning and it's almost like a button gets turned and suddenly like the people we're talking to are literally stripping off and the whole thing turns into an orgy and oh wow like that we're standing quickly. looking at each other going the shit is going on so the crazy the motion... just breaks out okay yeah it literally it's like these drugs oh alcohol. wow they just break that out on the couches the and the floors yeah, yeah, yeah. and the pool and but the most amazing thing that i realized was going on was this blonde who's talking to my friend is still talking to him while she's being bent over a couch and done by the guy that was she was she with before yeah yeah, yeah wow and my friend's like laughing but continuing this <laughs> conversation conversation with her while she's getting conversation that's going getting on. a doggy style okay yeah yeah it's your stream i'm not gonna get you kicked off youtube Don't worry, man. um and uh so and i'm kind of chuckling going this is surreal like to me this is intense and surreal and there's a part of me that's like do you partake do you not and i'm like i don't know anyone here i don't know what's what's going on did you bring like, a can you imagine getting in no well can you imagine going in and and you know you do something and you realize oh, I, I didn't want to uh, it was you're just, Seinfeld it was you're not an orgy too. kind of guy you gotta get orgy friends you yeah, gotta do all no, that no, okay no, cool yeah no, no. so it's all good uh I didn't know anyone it's like you know if, if nothing I'm a child of the 80s I, I grew up learning that AIDS was going to kill you and kind of stuck in the back of my brain and you didn't see any stars uh, that you that you would actually want to have sex there were a few people that, that that yeah okay let's leave it that way so he's talking to her <laughs> yeah and his job now is just to shit the guy who's who's basically doing her by taking all the attention away from him right so he's now so he's talking to he's doing he's doing that he's, he's actually he's okay. doing comedy routines she's are you serious him. oh completely oh my god and it gets to the point where this guy yeah goes uh is now like angry it, it, not just angry but i i guess you know hate effing her basically like it, yeah yeah getting more aggressive going yeah going on oh my God. Uh, you know the joke we had was that guy was like a piston on a spitfire he was just like you know if you ever know those uh, spitfire planes from world war ii when they start up and you see the thing just going like just as fast as possible so he's wow. going hammer and tongs and it gets to the point where he's about to finish so his his way to dominate my friend is to actually pull out and then finish launch on his and basically finish on his his uh hoodie his, his pullover and at that point, like we're stunned. We're absolutely like- So he stopped mouthed. trying to talk to her after that. So he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the guy just looks at him and goes, go home white bread. Like that's what he says to him. That's what he said. And my friend without missing a beat turns to me and goes, get my pistol from the car. <laughs> and I go, car, what the f Like, I'm like- <laughs> Wait a second. I, I, okay. Go ahead, yeah, go, no, go, go, ahead. No, go, go ahead, go, go, go ahead, go, 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 go. And yeah, I yeah. grab him by the shoulders because this guy's now moving off somewhere. We don't know if this is his place, if he's packing, we don't know what's going on. I grab him and we book it out the front, right? And we, and I'm like, just run. And we're running, there's no car. 
there's no pistol there's no nothing right <laughs> yeah and and i'm like get my pistol like we, we get around the block <laughs> and i go get my pistol from the car i'm like what? Fucking car you're talking about? Oh, the sorry. pistol from can the car. You you oh sorry. yeah, you can swear. Okay, We're right. at 18 of yeah. or higher. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, and he goes, I don't know. I had to say something. He shot me, and I was like, and we just burst. He into shot laughter. me. <laughs> he shot me first. That's that's like right. an old Norm Macdonald joke. The Dahmer yeah. defense. They started well, it. Keep, keep that in mind, Dad. I'll tell you who his this defense was. was his defense it was. Norm, they started it. They started it. He shot me first. Get the pistol from the car, and there is no car or pistol. So. And, but wait. Right. So wait. So and you I, just got. It, so you just booked it after that, right? Like we, just, we booked it. Okay. We're walking on the street. You didn't go back in there. And, and no. Okay. <laughs> what? So if he had a pistol, he would have shot him, thinking yeah. he would just yeah, threaten yeah, his yeah, life. Yeah. And I'm gonna be like. Hey, you're gonna take a shot okay, at me. So no. what happened? I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> let me let me have the girl. Um, and this is but, a normal Saturday night. Okay. This was a normal Saturday night with these people, um, and it worked out that that he ended up having to go to work, and and he's like, uh, the guy who invited him was like, "What the fuck happened at the party?" And I was like, "Why?" And they told the story, and everyone laughed. But I remember we we're walking blocks to get back to a to a bus so we could get back home, and like we get past the third or fourth, and I'm like. You gonna do something about that? And I'm like, he's like, what? And I point to his hoodie, and it's like, just man gravy sitting there. <laughs> oh my god! And I'm like, maybe you want to get rid of that man or gravy. something. And he, I just remember he just takes it off and he just throws it in the bushes and walks away. And he's like, fuck this. Oh, it's the bushes. Nice. Yeah. Holy and, shit. And uh, ironically, I heard that story uh, on a on a radio show years later. Um, really? And, yeah. Being told by the other person, and it was just like. Holy shit! Like is exactly the way I remembered it too. Oh my god, um, that's so, hilarious! So that was, oh my god, that was probably god. the first time that I kind of came across that. There had been other times where I was friendly with people, and they, you know, people from the industry, people did you hang out with. I remember there was a Christmas party, um, and it was actually the last time I saw a friend of mine because, and, and I do definitely want to bring up the shady side of it, but. Again, two o'clock in the morning, um, they were like, Gil, it's time to go home. And I was like, uh, realizing that they were protecting me in a lot of ways because it was going to get very, very messy and very, very sloppy. And they knew that's not where I was holding. So uh, it was like, okay, guys, happy new year. I'll catch you later. And then for what I understand, it, it became kind of a free for all for everyone else who stayed. But it was just kind of like, this is the time for you to kind of disengage because we know that's not going to work for you isn't that crazy like, like, but cool. like how everyone goes straight into it and it's kind of like a, i mean like if you if you've ever looked you can always youtube like uh magic johnson and the lakers sex parties they had were like visiting players back in the 80s you know it's the 80s time where it's like the visiting players would get so excited because they get to go to the they go to they, they're even the even the players from the opposite team are invited to these sex parties after because of the hollywood yeah. scene and stuff where these yeah. stars would come in and it's kind of like they're used to that it's kind of weird but holy crap hearing a story like that from someone who saw it live and no, you're no. the one who started it by the way gil again he said he shot me first you started by going to that credits they weren't having a sex party until you started making no, no. injecting no, no, no. it was in 11 no 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 it was 11 o'clock it was it was the, and it was 2 hours after it 
so oh, it was after that. Okay, the way the story while. was told, I thought it was like literally while it was going. Okay, no, okay, okay. It I thought it, I thought it, it triggered. Probably, it was a, it I thought was a it triggered that fight to... between no. your friend and that guy banging that or wanting to bang that chick until she started. They started doing oh. it, but like before, I thought it was like that bang bang. But you're right. Okay, good. Never mind. It's a normal sex party. Good. I just want to make sure you weren't triggering a sex party. It was all normal above board. Um, can we go back? Can I can I take uh, props for triggering the sex party? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. I, that's what yeah, that, I was doing that in the beginning in my brain. The way you told it, I totally thought it was you. Like, I made it happen. Yeah, because you triggered he, the he pride got, he, of like, oh, hey, look, credits. He's on TV. Check it out. It's like, oh, oh we have pride too. We can fuck like crazy. <laughs> it's just I, um, like, you did it. You started the whole I'm, I'm, thing. I'm even going to take the credit that I got my friend laid that night. Oh, you did? Because, well, he he, 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 did. he was involved in an orgasm, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's, a, he was the, vo yeah, he played the cuck or the voyeur. One of the two. I'm not sure. Well, you know, you know, I, for, for a long he was time, the voyeur you know, or the cuck. I mean, this is, this is back in the '90s and stuff, and and uh, my friend is is uh, he, as a comedian, he he, he takes a lot of uh, uh, pleasure of making fun of different sexualities and stuff. And I was like, dude, you can't do that because technically, after that night, you're you're one of the people that you kind of point out as as possibly being wrong. So we've, got, <laughs> we've got about ten minutes left. I was gonna ask okay. for another story, but do you want to do one story? But or gonna... like, I can just give you the dealer's choice if you want. Go ahead. I want two. I'm gonna give you two very very quick stories Sweet. again about how Hollywood and mm. and uh, one one's positive, Educate one's us. also the, the darker part side. Start dark. Go mine... positive at the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'll start dark. So that that uh, second uh, New Year's party that I was telling you about was being hosted by friends of ours. Um, and his girlfriend uh, was a very good friend of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, we used to ride motorcycles in Los Angeles and in Australia, there are parts of Australia that had no uh, speed limit in the outback. So the plan was that we were all, she was going to come over and we were going to go on a tour around Australia on motorcycles. And we kept in contact. I've known her for six, seven years. And then uh, when I was back in Australia, I got a message that that unfortunately she had taken her own life, and um, and it was shocking because we we had just spoken, uh, you know, on on Skype. Uh, yeah, it was Skype back then, uh, just a few days beforehand, and we were talking about the trip and organizing stuff. Um, and I was, you know, incredibly upset. And I actually found out that uh, through friends who who were talking about going to awake. And then when I found out what had happened. Uh, it was it was a big shock to the system, and that night that was at night. And when I woke up in the morning, I, she had actually sent me an email saying goodbye, and and saying how she, you know she really regretted that we couldn't uh, go on this trip, and that that was really it was a very big blow. And it wasn't just Hollywood has a uh, because it's you're only as good as as your last piece of work. It will chew you up, and and unfortunately, I had a number of people. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I left. Um, decide that their work or themselves were no good, and 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 um, take that horrible um, choice. Yeah. But what what's interesting about it was, as the months rolled by, and I being being the fact that I missed her, and you know, you go into Google and you start putting names in, and then I discovered that she had this whole underground persona. But she was a sex worker for a very um, specific clientele, and there were thousands, not hundreds, not tens, thousands of pages mm. dedicated to her wow. that I had no idea about, wow. none whatsoever. Um, and again, it was kind of like this really weird side of like public persona and then private persona. Mm -hmm. And then now that that you know both sides of of, uh, of her community were mourning, they kind of crossed over. Um, 
And again, I would have never have, uh, judged her on her decisions um, as long as she was safe. And, and it sounds like she was, but wow. Like, again, that was, I mean, again, that was a, a huge part of lifting up and understanding what was going on under just under the surface it wasn't terribly dug un underneath yeah. it was just under the surface a lot of i found out later that a lot of people that we had mutual friends with and who had introduced us and all the rest of it knew about it but um i guess wow. because i I'm sorry, that's I, all awesome. my yeah it, it is but again it, it shows kind of what is going on and again if that's what's going on on that surface I, I, I spoke about this on my podcast, uh, it's my podcast, my, my live stream quite often, that the reason I left LA was and Hollywood was that, you know, I had seven friends who took their lives. And yeah. the last time I went Jesus. to the funeral, I was like, maybe they, maybe they know something I don't know. And I was yeah. like, okay, I've got to leave. Like, it became that Oh, even at the funeral, the desensitization yeah. of it's like, oh, they, they, because, they're miserable in their just, life. It's like they took their way out, the easy way out that right. way. And it's like, maybe they're, then, they're smarter than I was. Yeah, I see. It's, That's awful. The shock value is just, you know, by the third or fourth time you're going, you know, I, I got... This is why, with, like, with kindness is undefeated is one of my favorite sayings, too, because you never know what's going underneath that surface. Like you said, you you didn't know this other life, and that's why it's – it's. but it's, like, it's because we, we always understand it. It's, like, you know, don't get caught in public. Keep your private life private unless people want to be – you know, unless right. you're – you know, it's the, it's the consensuality it's and boundaries again, the judgment, yeah. It's, it's real judgment, and I sometimes wonder with, with Ronnie whether or not if, if she had shared something with, you know – because we were we were close. We were real. I consider her a good friend. Like she knew about my private life. I knew about her private life to a certain point. Yeah. Um. And you know, I was wondering, could I have been a better friend if she was struggling in a in a moment that could have led a different path? I think. But did I didn't great. have that opportunity because I think she felt that I would have judged her in a way that she probably wasn't prepared for, and that's the thing that I always, you know, the, and. At that time, I, I probably would have judged her, to be honest with you. I think that experience started making me look at what's what's it's, going on, it's what's being happening. It's into like knowing and controlling, you know what I mean? Like it right. didn't matter that you know, like it's that's why the kindness is undefeated where it's like, oh, it doesn't matter what you know, it matters how you treat others. Like, you know, and like, right. and like that's why I think she'll keep it. And that's why we keep things private because it's like, all, oh, like one right. thing I've always heard is like, if you want to know if you're with a good, good person, like in a relationship that you could actually respect them, take them out to, to places where they, they don't have to be nice to people and see how they treat them, like waitresses, sure. waiters, service places, right? Like, are they being nice to the people they don't need to be nice to? Then you kind of can see like, oh, they actually want to be like nice to that. Just like this, they because they don't know them. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's like this, you, if you if you knew she's scared of that, you're right. Like, it's like scared, yeah. you might you might not treat me as nice as you do if you knew these things about me, right? And it's like, all it, we get saddened by it, but it's actually like, beholding to knowing but the nice thing is is like if you reverse it and just say no just be good to people as best as you can it's actually that's the best way to handle it regardless of what you know because again you'll never know 100 percent anything except your own no, life but absolutely yeah. not and, and i mean those are opportunities fan, gone now yeah i have a habit of saying um thank you to security guards and police officers and fire brigade and all that sort of stuff um and, I'm, and sometimes you're, you're like well you know what they're doing and i'm like you never know I, yeah. I joke with people if, if they challenge me i go listen man i want them to remember me because if something goes down they go hey, what is that guy who was nice to me is he here let's go and get him <laughs> like you know make sure he's safe but the truth of the matter is you never know what you know when you're in a position where there's a lot of anger and negativity thrown at you one you know that that quick thank you for the for, for what you're doing I, I it's appreciated it can really change something um the other the other story that i had was a, another fun story i uh as i um was going through my uh university studies and stuff i wanted to be around some students it's a very hard thing to live with comedians because they all 
are up at night, which meant that uh, they would bring comedians. When I was in the comedian house, okay. you know, uh, 4 a.m., they're coming back, they're all drunk and they're bringing uh, the party back to the house and you've got to go and study and stuff like that. Oh, wow. You know, it, it, it was it was really tough. So I ended up moving into a student uh, co-op house as well. And one of my friends was obsessed with Hugh Hefner. And he was a really unique guy in the sense that you could literally throw him in the back of a trunk, drive around in circles or go to any place in Los Angeles, pull him out of the trunk. And he knew instinctively how to get to the, to the Playboy Mansion. And he had this huge heart on about getting into the Playboy Mansion, right? And they knew him at the front door. They knew he couldn't get any access. Um, and every time there was a big party there, he would try. And one day I, I remember coming back from an interview. So again, I was dressed up in a suit because that's what I do. And uh, I, I didn't even get into the house. He was already in the car. He saw me, he goes, get into the car. Hmm. So I'm in the back of the car. We went to uh, In-N-Out. Sponsor of Spacey Sexy Time. You got to get that with a name like In and Out. You got to get Time as the yeah. sponsor. Yeah. And uh, and then out again. And, and then in again. We got a burger. And the next thing you know, he's we're driving, and I go, "Where are you going?" And the sun's coming down, and he's like, "We're going to a, we're going to a party." Is what he said. I shouldn't do his accent. Uh, and I go, "Okay, wh- what?" Um, You're with Christopher drives, Walken. I keep going. He, Sorry, I'm scared. <laughs> Christopher Walken. He's a very unique accent. Yeah. He, he's it's he's okay. Persian, as he used to remind us all the time. So. Uh, I don't want to embarrass him if he ever sees this. And uh, we we drive up to the Playboy Mansion and there's a whole line of cars coming in and security's there and it's someone who doesn't know him. And he goes, "What? what's the name? And he gives this name and he goes, you're not on the list. And he turns to me, he goes, you see that guy there? He's a big director. You're going to tell him he can't come in? And I went, go in. And the next thing you know, we were at this Playboy, Playboy Mansion, Mansion party, party nice. walking around and, and and like you know just kind of this is where beverly and, hills cop came up with this like eddie murphy going in there with like <laughs> you know who i am i'm here doing a report on michael jackson anyway go ahead keep going yeah sorry, keep going keep going with the story i wish i wish that was the story because you know how much i love uh yeah. i love eddie murphy and beverly hills cop. See, that's what your friend did he totally did that where it's like well, you yeah, don't know who this is him. director and i'm right, yeah i'm like don't use me like yeah. i don't want to get in trouble here yeah and, uh, you know, we, you, you get in there and you think like Playboy Mansion, the stories in the 60s and 70s, man, there were kids running around. It was it was like a buffet dinner. I mean, you had playmates in lingerie and stuff like that. I'm sure stuff was happening, um, you know, behind closed doors. But I remember going, OK, this is this is kind of like the only time I'm ever going to get to the mansion, like, you know, have an experience. So we ended up staying there and they kind of had to kick us out because it was like, guys, you got to leave now. Mm. They're like, and who are you? And my friend's like, he's a big director. And they're like, just get the fuck out right now. Just Try like, it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got in and they were like, you know, and I thought to myself, oh, I'm never going to be able to go uh, go in again uh, until, um, and this was like, surprisingly, I, I went a second time. Wow. And the second time was because a professor of mine at UCLA kind of pulled me aside and he said, can you do me a big favor? And I'm like, sure. He goes, Hugh Hefner gives a lot of money to the UCLA film department. Mm. And in kind, we let him borrow film prints now and again to screen. He goes, he wants to screen. Normally I take them, but I can't. Can you do it? Wow. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to have to thread it up, play the movie. You're going to, you know, watch the movie and then you need to bring the print back. Okay. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. He's like, you sure it's going to take a few hours? He goes, they'll feed you. They'll be, you know. Uh, you and I'm cool like, yeah, stuff. sure, no problem. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And, yeah. And I rock up, like, and, and like you, you hit the, the yeah, bell yeah. and they're like, they're like, you know, mansion, 
And I'm like, I'm like, Gilly P. Um, <laughs> Playboy Mansion. And, Playboy uh, Mansion. Playboy Mansion. This yeah, Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and they're like, yeah, the, the doors open. And I remember thinking to myself, like, shit, I should have bought my friend because he would have been like, I can do it legitimately. Went in there, the amazing dinner, got introduced to Hef. In, at the time, he was married to his two wives. Wow. Um, met his grandchildren, met, met, met daughters, and then Holy and a whole bunch of other things. And then just sat at the back, watched the movie you know, packed it all up and, and actually was told, you know, anytime I wanted to come back, I was, I was welcome to. Um, and I was like, I, the way really? I felt it was That's just, amazing. Yeah, I, I, did, I never took him up on that. Wow. Because it was, it was kind of like being polite. Yeah. yeah you know of course. What I mean? Of course. Yeah, I, it yeah. was like, you know, if you want to come and hang out, you hang out. And I was like, and if you needed it, you would have, you, you would have tried, but you never, never came up. I don't know about uh, other people, but I'm the sort of person that if I don't know people and there's not a purpose for me to be there, I feel uncomfortable. And you know what? I don't want to be the uncomfortable, creepy guy. It was guys like an opportunity. Going, it wasn't like anything like... Playboy, playboy, pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you if know? you were really into I, it, I, you would have... I would have, sure, man. You would have, you know, another guy who would be really into it would have taken up on it, but and that's fine too, because it's like, it's I interesting. I did not want to be the Paulie Shaw of my generation, where it's like he lives there every day and gets, you know, yeah, we probably uh, would have never met these women knocked up. I'm glad yeah, you didn't. So, so that that that's you know, that's literally what I try to stay away from Paulie can Shaw. happen yeah. in those in that area, yeah. uh, in in Hollywood. Yeah, there, there's some been some really kind of weird stuff going on. I definitely had experiences on sets where, you know. Wow. the makeup girl or the or the costumer or you know the female grip suddenly like is just talking to you non-stop and you realize that you're going to have a production relationship which is like is that you know, common work hard we're going to uh, absolutely right? yeah, absolutely yeah. but it lasts as long as the the production happens and then you know uh, they go off to got a release somewhere it. man it's a nice release and that's what it is because when yeah. you're doing like you Stress. know 12 13 hour days you know, and you both share that short... stress connection too, because you're both dealing with the same stress. So there is a, something that goes on. It's almost like being at war. When making a film is literally like being at war. And wow. uh, while you're together, you'll die for everyone, and then they never speak to you again. Uh, William Shatner, the great William Shatner, Captain Kirk himself, wrote in a book that when he was doing Boston Legal, he was the best friends with James Spader, and on the last day, they swore that they would have lunch every single week they want to keep in touch and, they were uh, brothers in arms and the minute they walked away they never had a lunch never had again a lunch they again. never spoke to each other again because life goes on and you know you've got another production where you're in battle with a whole new group of people so i think that's uh, with a lot of industries so in my last job that's what happened when i left they were like oh you know in a couple months you know it's never gonna be i'm like all oh, yeah but then it and we try to keep in touch and it's just like it's too hard you have so much stuff with life right yeah yeah i mean that's that literally is one of the things that, that happens and then you know there are uh relationships that end up in you know crew members getting married and stuff like that yeah. um the great bruce campbell oh his wife the king. was a costume a costumer yeah hail to the king baby yeah. uh this is my boomstick which also works really well on sexy time uh, <laughs> I, I believe that's what was used you made to my me my boomstick Gil, but go ahead keep going well, it's ribbed for your pleasure but um <laughs> what you end up uh he, he took a, a shining to this uh, this costume designer who was on set. So his story was that he, he lost a button from one of his costumes. So he, he didn't want to give it to her to repair. He asked her for needle and thread and then fumbled through. So she would have to show him uh, how, to, how to sew. Yeah. And that became oh, like that's the their meeting history. story. And then they're, yeah, it's kind of sweet. That is super sweet, man. Now he's the king, yeah. baby. Yeah, he's the king. From what well, I understand, okay. she hates that line. I want to be. Oh yeah, of course. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but like, so like, 
I want to be mindful of your time. We went a little bit longer than I was hoping because you're, you're good at what you do always. And, and again, do we want to stretch it out a little bit more? Is up to you. I'm I, asking I know you. I'm, I'm good if you want to keep going. Okay. Um, I wanted content. to get to a couple questions. We'll probably try to be here for another 10, uh, 20 minutes at the max. But Sweet. I want to get you out of here on an appropriate time. So, so no I, problem, thank man. you for thank you for being flexible with that. But uh, it's always fun hearing your stories. And I was saying in chat, um, <laughs> there's many more. I've heard some from the Gilly P himself. So uh, here. I'm, I'm staying until I got 50 followers on Twitch. Make it's sure yeah. be a long ride. There's the link right there in chat. I was just going to say that. Go over there, follow him if you want to get get more stories from him. They're beautiful. Hey, I'm I, I'm I, one of my other podcasts is Stories of Us. So. Uh, oh yeah, we're going to do that too, right? Yeah, oh. I want you to be on there too, man. And I'm going to get Alice on there sometime too. But right now, I'm dealing with health and Alice. I once sexy was on a camp, podcast so. called Sexy Time. They were rude to me. <laughs> I hate it. No, sorry. Come on, Stories of Us. Where we'll fix everything. Uh, that's my channel on Twitch. But anyway. Sure. It'll be in the show notes below, twitch.tv forward slash gilly underscore Thank you, guys. And uh, let's get him to 50 because I'm going to force that because I know he deserves a lot of good. And uh, and I also want you to all get those sexy stories out of him because that's what I'm doing here. Anyway, let's go to – let's do some regular – oh, yeah, let's go to some regular sexy time. Let's do some regular sexy time stuff. Let me let's grab some questions uh, and try to – we'll try to knock these out faster than normal. All right. Here's, first, here's the first one. Many say that porn isn't real sex. If porn isn't real sex, then what actually happens in real sex that's not shown in porn? Um, what do you think of this? Um, I'm just curious because they always say that. Okay, do you want me to start first or do you want to talk about that, Gil? Why don't you go first? Okay, so the question is, what happens in real sex? Well, I think the main thing, the reason that it's going to be different is because the goals are different. As soon as you put in, you know, like, okay, imagine what what's, what's the goal in porn? What's the goal in actually having sex, right? There's a different goal because in porn, you want to actually show – there's so many different things you have to think about, right? Like, I mean, they, they're probably – you know, the, the, the pros will don't even have to think about it. Uh, but there, there's the director giving – you know, making sure that everything looks that way. And then you have to get the shot. So, like, the goal is to make a production to show to other people. So, obviously, in any, whenever the goal is different – um, you know, like most of the time, if, if it was just sex and it could be something as just like you both want to freaking get off, you both want to just orgasm. That's a different goal than the porn because that's not their goal. Their goal is to sometimes they don't even, you know, they might not even be really getting off, obviously. So like other times they are, other time, you know, it depends. So the goal will change it. And I think that's the main thing that makes it different. What, what, so the, the main question, that's my first little jaunt of what I'm, of the, the reason why I might answer this way is that if what's actually happening in real sex, that's not shown in porn. Well, there's going to be a lot different things. Like, again, um, you might want, you might want to check out porn bloopers. Um, there's things like that, that happens in actual sex where like, you know, I, I've mentioned it before where, and Alice has said too, where how great a great sign it is, where you both can laugh together over things that happen during sex because you're that happens in the porn too, but they won't show it in porn. You'll have to check out the porn bloopers for that. So again, like in the actual porn, that's something that's missed. Things like that, those those intimate things that like you'll never you know get to see. And and each person's going to be unique. Each person's in it for different reasons. Sometimes each person's going to, and each person has their own unique life and 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 goals or whatever it is, um, and and different relationships. So those are. The things that are not going to be important because those aren't in there at all the goal is not to do to dig into those things the goal is to make a good production and make show and make a show that gets money and do this for money or do this to also and then there might be side goals it's like a major and minor thing in college but that's my my, my first thought is that things in real sex are going to have those things that that aren't that that it's not possible to be in porn uh, some most of the time you know so anyway that's my first thought what about you Gil? okay um 
the history of pornography was was their audience was male. It's only been in the last couple of years that mm. that there have been women who have gone in, into that genre to create stuff for women. So the result was a physical, you know, event. Basically, that was what was there for. Um, and uh, I think it's also kind of connection. There is no connection um, when it comes to to uh, porn. There's physical um, connection, guess, but other than that, I guess I think that's also one <laughs> yeah. of the yeah. There is physical connection, but I'm talking emotional like relationship yeah. connection. Again, that's one of the reasons why I have a, a an interest in more going back to those early the early 60s and 70s where mm -hmm. they were trying to tell a story and there was a a pathway and there is some sort of you know development of character and it's not not something that's great. But I mean, at least there's something there as opposed to, you know, I'm the pizza guy, you know, uh, you, oh, you don't have enough change. Mm. I'll change your mind, you know, uh, and, and that's it. Um, I think from a production point of view, um, <laughs> I think that, you know, just working on, on film productions, it, there's a lot of stop start nonsense. Um, you know, from watching porn, I can go, ah, you know, this was one scene, this is another, it all looks like it's all seamless, but that's not the case. You know, they probably took time off or, the, or you know, they ended up having to use, you know, fluffers or, or, yeah. or take a tablet or all that sort of stuff um, that goes on. Um, and, and to be honest with you, the stuff that I've seen, especially the new stuff, like the Monday stuff, um, I've never, I've never really experienced anything that's going on on screen in, a, in my personal life. Yeah. Like and you had not that extreme, yeah. So, so well, it, do, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I've had enough relationships to know that what you're seeing on screen is is an incredible portrayal of a fantasy, yeah. As opposed to what goes on in real life, like it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, if you walk up and suddenly drop your dax and and kind of you know start swinging stuff out, girls just don't go, oh, I've got to swallow this straight yeah. away, and, and, oh, and yeah. I'm in complete Every, design. Everyone's a size queen. <laughs> going, in, everyone's a size queen in porn. Yeah not just that go and try and do that go up to someone even in your <laughs> no, no, relationship no. gil i'm gonna stop you there remember stay sexy no? stay safe why don't get caught in public that's a public thing right uh, no, no i'm not saying public oh, okay, i'm okay. saying like if Private. you're in a relationship okay, okay. and someone's watching tv go up and <laughs> okay. like you know try it and you know it's what not they gonna go? work out well yeah, they'll chuckle and go, what are you doing? Sometimes you're, it will, though, actually, Gil. Unfortunately, sometimes it will because, again, it's well, leaking into their last lack of sensitivity. Then you're blessed. And then, you, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. if it works for both then of you, you thank it's fine. whatever, whatever karma or creator, whatever it is out there, thank God right. for that. And, I mean, that brings up a whole other conversation because there's a whole generation who thinks that is how you... you, you exactly. You know, well, that's why I, I thought the beginning of your answer was profound. But one thing I want to also say is, like, in chat, I oh, like the, the end, way not so much. No, 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 no. Like, it's what you're leading to at the end, but I'm, sure. I, mean, I want to divert two, two ways. Sure. So it is, it, the whole thing was good. I'm just saying, like, it's it leads into that. Uh, but in, in chat, it's a great way of saying it. Porn sex is like lust. It's great fun, but it's not the real thing. And that's right. that's that's true, like the, what Gil was talking about with fantasy and stuff. But I think the it's main fantasy. part that you're talking about is, I think it's, I love how you were saying how it's kind of catering. I mean, like, for in, any art and entertainment like that, it's catering to the audience, and you're, you're you spoke the truth there. Where like the majority of porn is catering to male sexuality more than female sexuality. Hundred percent. Because since the beginning, it was always like, and there is going to be female porn out there. Porn's catered to female sexuality, but if you if you look at the numbers, it's never going to be 
near its high. It's going to be in the usually 90 percentile going to be male porn, uh, catered to male fantasies more than female fantasies, right? And so, the, I mean, as they say, the customer is always right when the customer, you know, supply and demand and all those things in business and porn as a business. So I think that's the main thing. And when you think of it that way, where it's like all, it's interesting how... And, and, and I mean, to me, if you want to go deeper, it's the, the, like the lack of, of understanding of what like a good father would be, where it's like, since I think it, I think porn hurts males more than it does hurt females. The actual porn industry probably hurts females more, <laughs> but like the actual people partaking in it who aren't in the industry, but partaking in the porn hurts the males more. And it's males hurting themselves where they're like too much of male sexuality, where there's a reason why female and male sexuality coming together is such a beautiful thing where they can balance each other out and create something ridiculously special. That's what I heard from you where, where you were focusing on that. It was a great point. And I, I was like, Oh, oh and, and you, and later you went on it deeper, Mr. That's, that's okay. I'll, I do want to share that. Like, yeah. um, you know, it, I've had a few experiences where I've gone with friends and, you know, you end up going to a cat house or whatever. And, and I've, I've always been in a situation where, you know, part of that whole experience is like, you know, prostitutes coming up and trying to entice you to kind of, you know, take, take on what's on offer. And I've always had this thing where it's like, you know what, if we were walking down the street or we were in a, in a cafe and we looked at each other, you would not talk to me. I am, I know that, that this is because this is a service you're playing into a fantasy and that for me doesn't work so uh i remember recently going to a bucks night and there was a mm. uh, you know strippers coming up and they want you to take lap dances and stuff and i i actually ended up testing this person out to the point where and i, I it was probably a little cruel but for whatever reason she realized that i was going to be her mark for for, for that hour or whatever and she was coming up and a friend of mine who was drunk was like this guy is great he's awesome he's like doing the whole wingman and i put this stupid voice on and i'm like this man this man killed my wife so i could be in this country and it's total she, eddie murphy again 100 100 right yeah, yeah. i was channeling eddie murphy if i had said that to any other person they would have been like get the fuck out and walk away yeah she would not leave my side and i would just ramp up the stupid things i would say right and it got to the point where i was like listen thank you but you make more money with someone else mm. and then she was like I, I got it and i was like at what point are you going to accept what i'm going to deliver because it's you, your job you did negging by accident buddy no, uh, no. I just thought no, it was know, the most ridiculous thing in the world. No, I mean, personally. I'm just saying that's what that's what I mean. That's the thing. There, it's there's there's the yeah. hidden path that that's going on there. But anyway, it wasn't, okay, it, two more it questions. Gil, I'm going to try to go through this. Yeah, yeah, okay. I know, I know. Go but I mean, like, it's 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 the same reason why it works. though, is what I'm saying. It's not the yeah. same thing. Okay. Um, but like, okay, two more questions. One um, probably longer, and then the end will end on a fun one because I like to end on that. Sure. As, as usual. So like, uh, first one, does all the cheating that happens in Hollywood? with movies, actors, politicians, people in power, TV, influence us and encourage us to teach? Does it does it make it seem okay? I'm just curious what you guys think about that on how is that a big influence on cheating? What do you think? Do you want me to go or are you? Up to you? I'll let you go first. Okay. Well, um, I think that um, from this conversation with Gil is going to lead me to where I'm, where I'm going with on this one, actually. We were talking about when I asked him earlier about the... Uh, the propensity, the, the way it's getting more open and stuff. And it's kind of like the, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember the way it was less sens sensitivity. Like we're less sensitive to it. We're used to it and stuff like that. Where I think that's the only, it's not going to, it's not going to make it like 
you know, we always like to look for the extreme of like find the one thing that's the problem and kill it or fix it. And 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 we can or looking for lack of responsibility. Um, and I think it's a lack of responsibility for the human um, condition. Um, where male sexuality, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a reason why they always talk about it that way. And, and comedians, speaking of comedians, they joke about it all the time where it's like, oh, you know, the guys want to just like have as many as they can or whatever for some reason. And why does it have to be made that way? And it's like, oh, okay, interesting. But it's the, I think it's not the, the reason why. You can't just say, oh yeah, that's why. It's because of Hollywood and because of this. It's like, oh, no, I think that that creates, that lessens the sensitivity to it. But it's not the reason why. It's actually just the human condition and the way we are. It's that, f and it's the way we use fear, judgment, control we were talking about before. And, uh, and usually a lot of times it's the self thing where we're not, we're not allowed to talk about these things out in the open enough about what might be going on because we're ashamed of it ourselves. We're ashamed of that, that this is the way we handle sex in, in, the, in, the, in the public versus private thing. And we keep the things private when really I think a lot of it has to be talked about like what we're doing here on Sexy Time, where we talk about you know, sex in a positive way, relationships in a positive way, and, and not ignoring the darkness. We, we still say the shit that's dark and the bad parts of human nature and the people that get, you know, hurt by it. But I think that's what needs to be more out there than that. And then because we've been hiding it with the judgment, um, that this can be a problem because we become less sensitive to cheating when it's on the Hollywood and they might glorify it by accident that way because we're not talking about it in a positive light enough about the good aspects of it as well. So um, my, my answer to that is kind of yes and no, where I think uh, if we were in a better situation society, we could have more shows on cheating without these negative repercussions. But because of where we're at and where we're, we're hiding it so much, I believe that I, I think that yes it would be they do the same thing sadly for like you know mass shootings and stuff where now they're finally catching on to say let's not talk about that person and give that person's name because it it kind of glorifies it where because our society isn't ready to, to have that where we can talk about that where in the past maybe it was okay um, but if society is in this place where we're glorifying it by accident because we're not talking about the real issues that might be causing it then we shouldn't have these shows about cheating or we shouldn't have these glorification of these things. I think it works in both aspects that way. What do you think, Gil? Uh, I agree with everything you that, that you, have, you just said. Um, I think it's all got to do with the human experience of desensitization. Mm. Uh, the more experiences you have, the more normalizing it is. I, I actually had a an experience where someone I know uh, was obsessed with a with a reality show called Cheaters that used to be on Fox, mm. and then actually destroyed a relationship oh. um, after having that experience. Not just that experience, but also, you know, just having been around. Uh, I guess he just desensitized himself. I, got, I had a feeling he wanted to take. He wanted to do something. So it gave him, but the, by having that exposure, yeah. he he had the the push instead of kind of what I was hoping you would do, which is actually have a conversation and uh and mm. kind of say hey something's not working here can we can we address it mm. and then uh and, and give them that option and unfortunately there was a you know children involved and oh, you know no. it, it was yeah. it, it was more than just one thing so i i kind of didn't i do think that sometimes you know hearing the stories kind of can depending on where you're sitting um can lead you to go okay you know i'll, I'll give it a shot maybe they're doing it maybe i can do it uh, and, and people, especially with cheating, everyone thinks they're going to get away with it. And I think that, you know, from from an experience that I had, which technically was cheating, but it wasn't really cheating. And I just felt bad because we hadn't completely finished the relationship, though we had moved on. Mm -hmm. 
um and then i had met someone and then i felt so bad afterwards man yeah. i was just like it it destroyed myself like it just kind of the way i defined myself and um and all that sort of stuff and i was like okay hang on a second like what what's that going on so i can as i said i can only talk from my perspective uh i don't think it helps i don't think that you know hearing these stories of people going to court and and you know airing their dirty laundry out um hollywood is show business you know if you're not having people talk about yeah you, you you're dead uh social media has ramped that up to another level now um there's a lot of social media that i'm struggling with because what people are doing is they're attacking other people to start the narrative and the narrative is in a negative space it's one of the reasons why i took a bit of a break from streaming was because i never wanted to stream something that was negative and i realized that what was surrounding me at that time was negative and was overpowering the message that i was trying to uh to put out so that's why i've started going back to twitch and, and instead of it doing it as a daily thing and, and and all the rest of it it's kind of more doing it as a positive as a way for me to be able to uh kind of express um and it's just something that you, i think you just got to be aware of so do you think it does you raise stand. it do you think it, it does rise it raises because of that it's in the mind like your focus determines reality type thing i think i think it's yeah it, it's it's you are what you eat interesting you know there, there's a we've spoken about this before yeah there's a very an old line from the bible that says guide your eyes you know and, and why why what's this guide your eyes it's like you get you know there are you, you get uh, input into your eyes your eyes are attached to your brain and things happen i mean there's a reason why there are people who are addicted to pornography well, there are there's reasons why people are addicted to sex there's a people mm. reason why people are addicted to food um you know i i saw firsthand you take away food dating and all the rest of it people will eat like there's no tomorrow because it's a stimulation and it's something that you can't restrict people to food right because they'll die so yeah. that's something that you know that's the that's human nature we are in uh, incredible beings that crave experience right across the board yeah once you understand that it's I also interesting because your whole story plus that last part that. where it's like the Bible says guard your eyes type thing because in adultery in the Bible I, looked at, I mean like I came I was an sure. atheist for so many decades that I, when I came to the looking at the Bible with a without without my own pride getting in the way where I'm like trying to judge things and actually trying to understand what might be going on um, then I, I was looking really closely at things like sex adultery mm -hmm. relationships abortions all this stuff. And adultery was always interesting because it's like the way it was built is, and and I and one of my favorite quotes that got me into curiously reading the Bible a bit too was from C.S. Lewis saying like you know saying like basically I'll paraphrase it something like you know I think God likes sex because he invented it because <laughs> it's yeah, like 100%. so it's like all very sex positive and then adultery is like the main thing that I kept seeing and I heard this from other rabbis too when I heard from people looking at the actual translation of the ancient Hebrew was that like the main laws against adultery and sex crimes always have to do with protecting family and children like it's like the, the actual because like people say it's well can, we can always complain if and if you read it with, with with pride goggles on of like judgment saying hey adultery is unfair because guys can still have sex with a bunch of women even though they're married but uh, the, the the rule is adultery is basically like you can only commit adultery with a married woman and the same with for the married woman a woman who's not married cannot commit adultery unless she has sex with another married woman if she was a, she, like the only reason the, the only real adultery in the bible is if the I woman think I saw that porno once <laughs> exactly if the woman is married and then she has someone who's sex who she's not married with that's the only definition of adultery and, the, and every rule right. is based on that which is basically saying sex is a good thing 
thing until you break down the family because once a woman says I want to get married she sees the bearer of the children it'll hurt the kid or hurt the family and that's why right. a lot of the rules are there where everything else is like all no well like you just said human nature is to experience a bunch of shit so it's like it makes perfect sense to me that that's the case and I think the self-judgment is what gets in the way from your story there because again like you wouldn't have any like there's no like in the Ten Commandments the thing that you said like if you didn't have kids with the girl and you weren't married it was not a problem with the cheating thing like you're talking about before whatever it's you know your situation personally or whatever Did I say that no no no, no. <laughs> I mean like no no I'm saying if it was you versus your friend where your friend actually had oh, kids okay involved. yes you, yeah, you mentioned sure. your, your friend had kids involved yeah. so if it was you being single a lot of the self-judgment of people trying to look for the judgment inside and we can't get a hold of that and I think that's going going to the question with cheating where it's like all until humans get a more of a grasp of understanding of how, how harshly we're self-judging ourselves right Absolutely. We're, we're creating a, a law and then we'll blame religion for it i'm like I'll, or blame the bible or blame whatever it is or blame someone else's judgment or the whatever you want to blame we'll blame something else saying oh it's because of that rule i'm like oh i looked at the bible there's no rules against that i'm like oh it's you you live and learn and try to do better next time is basically what it is and uh, it's that self-judgment inside and i saw that from the the thing with you talking about that so um, sure and you, you, you got the Bible in my brain, unfortunately, when you said that. But yeah, anyway, I know. I know. Last I know question. You might, you might have something else. I heard that your handlers lately, are messaging so. you. It's time for you to go. So we'll do one more question, then we'll go. No, I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> I heard the cell phone. I'm sorry. I was just kidding. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> he's got handlers. He's a, he's, he's a big deal. If you didn't know, go to twitch.tv. No one speaks P. for me but me. It's all good. Go, 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 go I want to be here. I'll be here. Go to GillyP on Twitch TV. He's got handlers. Trust me. He's a big deal. You didn't know? He's kind of a big deal. Anyway, last question for the You're day. You're going to walk in with a wooden spoon and smack me. You know, <laughs> like, down boy. No. What is your favorite sex scene in a movie or TV show that is not porn? Um, Ooh. Yeah, if you, mine is kind of a weird one. If you've, if you've ever seen or read Berserk, then you know what scene I'm talking about. Uh, but I was just curious because uh, wow. there Good are question. certain things in movies and TVs that, you know, it's, it's always nice to dip into things that are not porn but also get the same type of uh, pleasure with a partner or by yourself. Just asking, let me know what you think. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your question. All right. Gil, do you want to start on this one? Or you want me to start? No, I think you, I've got to think about this one. Dang I'm, it. I'm trying. Me too. I'm, no, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm no. like. Okay, let's think together. Favorite movie? Wow. Okay, sex scene in a movie or TV show that's not porn? Let me think. This is a tough question. Sex scene. Okay. That is a tough one. I actually, in my mental Rolodex, I've never had that question asked before. Um, I know one that was like the most, de one of the most debaucherous scenes that I was like, actually like, remember checking out when I was horny and a, a kid, but it one? wasn't my favorite. Wait, what was that? It was in the, it was in the deleted scenes of Boiler Room where they were having basically like, they were just hiring a bunch of prostitutes and like basically lighting up in like in a, in a hotel door like you know in a hotel room with a bunch of prostitutes that was fucked up yeah. oh that's the gosh. first time i experienced it's, that because i actually i liked the movie and then i was like oh, wait this is let's check out the deleted scenes and i was like holy shit what the fuck is this it's like it's like a porn i can tell you i can tell you like what was the worst scene that i ever saw that's what a, i was thinking too i'm trying to think of the positive like i didn't go and then it happens to be in showgirls there's a scene in showgirls where where the, the main Titanic. character's friend gets taken upstairs and i've never seen showgirls like, sadly oh well it's brutal it's it's a brutal rape scene that oh, is God. done so badly that i remember going Oh, oh, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that film anymore. This it was is why I'm so sex positive. I, I'm sure I've seen terrible rape scenes, but oh, I block it out all horrible. the time. I yeah, was like, oh, that, oh, this is kind of this is a prostitution scene. It's you know. Yeah. Um, oh my god, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, uh, it, right. it was traumatic. It was traumatic to me. The go-to is always Titanic because that's the most you know seen one. 
Okay. But uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's my favorite. It's definitely not my favorite, but I'm just thinking of like we're trying to go in the Rolodex of actual positive sex scenes, not like the one that I was just like jacking off oh. to furiously as a kid. <laughs> one that one one that definitely comes to mind because Let's it's one it. of my all time favorite films is Star Wars. No. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, them rolling on the grass with Padme and no, Anakin. They're it's when R two D two flicks his little Oh, thing you're into that. No, I um, see. You're into the no, big B. I see. Okay. <laughs> Um, actually, it is a film that I really love, and and uh, and I really like the scene. It, it's not like so much a turn on, but I do like the 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 portrayal of the relationship being built, and that happens to be in David Cronenberg's The Fly, where oh. um, Gina Davis and um, uh, uh, oh, now I forgot his name, oh, Mike uh, Goldberg, Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum, yeah. Um, it, it's, a, it's a pretty graphic movie, not just in a horror perspective, but there's a there's a lot of sexuality in it that you don't see nude bodies or anything like that, but they're in the middle mm. of, of of you know, uh, basically having sex, and they had just met, and it's this, this intense start of a relationship, which then hangs on the what happens later on when he ends up uh, being affected by some technology and turns into this monster, um, and it's necessary for the film. But I always like that's probably the most realistic um, kind of kind of portrayal of a real relationship that I've ever seen. Not the horror part after he goes into the telepod and turns into a fly, but you know they're working on something. It's really intense. You know they they end up having some wine, and the next thing you know, they're basically on the couch, and then it's that rolling into I oh. can't get enough of you because it's a new thing. I gotta watch the fly now. And yeah, it, it, the fly to me is is Romeo and, Romeo and Juliet to a certain degree. Like it's it's literally boy meets girl, you know, girl likes boy, they get together, and then the ex I'm, comes in. I'm really and the sad. Fly fucks it up for everyone because it's really hard for me to come up with this because it's like all again we remember the raunchier runs easier because it's like so obviously getting closer to porn, but it's really hard for me to find one other than Titanic because it was such a big movie. But I'm like all what are the ones where it's actually sex? They usually. I think one, I mean, on a positive spin, it means that Hollywood, even in the old days, are doing it where it's like, well, we don't have to show you. You know, they, we show you like the kiss and then the hold. And it's not really a sex scene in, in our opinion. It's, it, in, in, but in our mind, it is a sex scene because they just like do some stuff. And then like, you know, most sex scenes get either interrupted or they're not, they have to cut it short because it's not a porn. It's like, it's an actual movie. So it's like, uh, you know, like I'm trying to in, in chat and live stream or in the podcast, if you're listening, I really want to know this now because I'm like, what other scenes? Because again, I only have like, I have the extreme of like Titanic being the big movie because they're sweaty in a car doing it. And then also like uh, I have Boiler Room when they're just having a train on prostitutes that were paid. And I'm like, oh, okay, those are extremes. And I'm like, what are the things that were actual sex scenes? I mean, I have Wolf like- Wolf of Wall Street. I have my favorite. Didn't they I haven't seen they have that, that yet. Whole... You ever seen that? There's oh. a whole thing where they're, they're like, they're different different um, levels of prostitutes they were bringing in. Oh, like, did they actually know, show and, and each was, type, different, yeah, different types, absolutely. like that they were actually so that, having sex in different ways, type of thing. Absolutely. So really? they had the pity stocks, yeah, okay. who, were, who were the like the the lower end prostitutes that just got handed around, and then they got the shares, and then they got the high end, wow, which were like See, that's, you know, not, these that's not that sexy though. But, that's like uh, that's was, understanding it, that the industry though. Incredibly graphic. Yeah, well. yeah. It's more like, like the boiler room that I'm talking about. It's just level up because okay, I was a kid then. Don't know that film. Oh, it wasn't um, like it wasn't even in the movie. They had to cut it because it was in the deleted scenes. But I was like, I watched the DVD. I was like, oh, that's like a freaking porn almost. What the hell? Okay. 
Like literally, they have two guys. Vin Diesel's one of them, by the way. Just just a shout out of who who like was in that movie. Don't mess with the family. Yeah, it's all about family. <laughs> it's all in the family. Until I become a, a stockbroker who's rich and I just run trains on girls. Even though he was the he was the nice stockbroker kind of in a, in a way. Right. He was like one of the kind of on the edge. He gave them a tip and, and drove them to the corner. But it was basically like they show the guys like humping and pumping behind her two two lesbians, dog, I mean not two, two prostitutes, doggy style, and they're just like you want to switch, you know, type of thing is what they're doing. And then there's a they just show a line of guys out waiting to be next in line, and it's oh, like that's Wolf of Wall Street, by the it's way. It's Wolf of Wall that's Street, just totally, like that. Yeah. They just they just yeah. weren't able to do it back in the day when Boiler Room came out, which was in the, like the ni late '90s, early 2000s. But nowadays they can actually show it in the movie instead of making a deleted scene. But I'm saying right. that like. That's sad that it's the extremes where it's like all okay. I want to know what ones where they actually, you know, they 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 kind of like just they think they borrow it from porn. Meaning they think of even the people who are making these films or people who are vetting them think of sex as the porn sex or nothing at all, right? Where we can only show that they can't show the positive parts of the reality at all. Where it's like people only want to see this because it's fantasy and and same thing with the movies. So I'm trying to think. The fly might be an you know interesting. What? I just I just thought of something that that you know I as you were talking and talking about fantasy and all the rest. But have you ever one. seen Superbad? Yeah, there's a sex scene at the end of Superbad where the girl wants to finally cook and up with barf. the main character. She barfs on him, and it goes terrible. That's and realistic. Like you know what? That is realistic. <laughs> like you know that you know people have come. You know God there have been situations where you know comedians you meet someone, for making that movie. They're drunk. Michael Sarah, you know, the whole Seth thing, Rogen. and then like you think it's gonna happen, and the next What's thing you know, name? like they're thrown up. Or even at the end with uh, with McLovin. Who finally gets oh, yeah, the girl? Getting and everyone the runs in, and you're like, "Dude, <laughs> we're just locked in. We should cock be guiding. We're blocking. <laughs> we could guide his <laughs> cock." Oh, yeah. that's you know what? You might have just solved my issue because I was like, "Oh, well." The thing that I remember is Titanic because I was young when I saw. It. Again, it's like the first thing you remember when you're a kid, and I was like, "Is a big TV." I mean, it's a big movie that everybody saw a lot, and it's Titanic. They're fucking sweaty and panting in a car with yeah. a hand against yeah. the window. I'm like, that's the closest thing I can remember. Everything else yeah. is going to be debaucherous, which is, you know, it's it's nice in a pinch, but not wouldn't be my favorite. It's just like I'd rather Ooh. watch a porn. A little, a little behind-the-scenes fact. I love that scene because McLovin's like, "Oh, oh, it's in!" And then they run in the room. Oh my so god! The it's actor in. was underage at the time, so his mother had to be. Oh on really? Set. His mother had to at be the on time set. That he had, which, which, oh which my was god! The case, I am McLovin. Right? Yeah. And and uh, like I just crack up every time, every time because uh, I, I can only talk from from my perspective and male perspective. But you know, you're like, oh, like. That's actually happening, kind of thing. And, and they played it so well, and then the cops come in, and they start it's screaming so at him, and she runs away, and then he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You fixed it, Gil. That's happened. my now favorite sex scene is that. But I like the one where she pukes more than that one, because that's more okay. like Both friends, of them, I think, friends incredibly very realistic. Yes. Um, in chat, Preaching to Perverted came up. Have you ever heard of that? Preaching to the Perverted. Oh. Have you never no, I haven't. It? I've never seen it. Maybe, either. maybe, maybe we are preaching to the perverted. And actually, maybe they are the perverted we're preaching to. That's what we're here for. Well, Gil, it has been a pleasure, and I want to be mindful of your time, so I want to get you out of here. Any last things you want to say before you head off into the sexy time sunset? But it was a joy. Thank you for doing uh, this. It is a film. I just checked it. It's a film. It's a 1997 film about a conservative falls for a head dominatrix. There you go. Hey. There you go. I think we're gonna have to come back and talk about my stories. Oh man! I mean, again, you're welcome. It's. It, I mean, and you gotta come on. You gotta come on stories to us to clear your name too. But you also. Oh, yeah. you, do that too. And again, everyone in chat and everyone who's listening to this on the podcast, send us your feedback on this, and especially the movies too. But let let yeah, us know please. how how you like this uh, type of interviews every now and then when it's uh, from different aspects of life about sex and relationships and different things. So let us know. 
Um, and well, the... thank you so much, BK. Being friends with both you and Rabbit, um, I just, you know, I'm glad I could come in and kind of, not that I was filling the space that, uh, that Rabbit holds. Oh, Alice, Rabbit. I, I don't know what to call that person anymore. <laughs> it's Alice. It's she Alice. who cannot be named. It's Alice. But, uh, oh, Alice, sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was just a lot of fun to come in. Probably, I think we thought we were going to go a, lot, a little uh, lower in the gutter, but we ended up uh, keeping our, our heads. Probably just up to here, but we definitely. If did you want it. the gutter, just let me know. Ball. I'll be happy to. No, I'll be happy to I'm, dip deeper if you I'm want. I'm comfortable enough to come back. You want to change Perfect. that? That's up to you. Perfect. <laughs> I love that. That's the best. And again, check him out. He's he's on Twitch. Let's get him to fifty. There's other things. You know, talk to him on Twitch because he live streams and he's really an awesome dude. I got to. I'm 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 proud that I met him through Alice, and uh, I, I am proud uh, in in the that is a euphemism. Real term. Yeah, it is a euphemism. We, you know what? We we've, we've got to get a. We I used to you, do a, uh, a a live stream, and there's there's one other member. We we might have to see if we can drag him onto one of these things because I know he's going to have some stories. I think uh, we, we can do a reunion. I think we can because uh, I know Alice is actually uh, you know talking about that with with that man oh, uh, and, and like not not to you know but like not about a reunion but now we can definitely do that because uh talking about Where's my money give me my money no, <laughs> that's all we're gonna do we got we're gonna have a we're gonna have a sexy pilot we're gonna have no he's not pilot, <laughs> he's not pilot. <laughs> but he, he could have been he could have been and uh also uh, a couple sexy stewardesses and stewards no, yeah, or no i believe attendants. he no actually correction i believe he does have a private pilot's license yeah, yeah, yeah. or had so he's a pilot that'd be so great that'd be amazing let's all right well that's the show again get, check the show notes below and it, um people here on the live stream stay tuned we, we always have a pillow talk after this if you're curious about that on a mm. podcast make sure you check out our patreon patreon.com forward slash 60 time podcast mm. again check it all out those in the show notes in in this uh show in your wherever you're getting your podcast thank you so much until next time Oh, next week we got Alice back. We haven't picked the theme yet, but Alice is coming back next week, so look forward to that. We get to ask about all her sexy boot camp training, and uh, <laughs> or booty camp, as I like to call it. But until next time, see you next Tuesday. Stay sexy, stay safe, and don't get caught in public. See you next week. Thank you so much for coming along with us on this episode of Sexy Time. The party goes on after each show with unfettered access to your hosts in an uncensored and private live segment we call Pillow Talk. Become a Sexy Time subscriber to join in on the fun at patreon.com slash sexytimepodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash sexy time podcast it is always a pleasure to see you there if you've enjoyed our company and would like to support us be sure to tap that share button and spread the love join us again next week wherever you listen to podcasts for another sexy time until next time this is the mistress of ceremonies sending her love stay sexy